show. Hope you had a fun Halloween, a great night. It was a long night for me. It went a lot longer than I think my wife and I anticipated. Uh, but a fun night, fun night for the kids. Good memories made. All of that. Uh, again, hope that you had a good. How did it go in uh, Jack's Beach, Tom? With with. Dude, it was quiet. Was no, it? Yeah. There, there's a family that lives across the street, and they've got kids trick-or-treating age, and they all came out in their costumes and piled in the car and hauled ass, and that was it. The only person that I saw was my neighbor, Ray, or uh, Roy, and it happens to be his birthday, and he had a nice bottle of scotch. Ooh, did you partake with it? Yeah, it, he actually he gets it from a friend who lives in Scotland and sends him the bottle every year. The kid, the guy was an exchange student, and uh, Roy and he became friends. And every year since Roy has turned twenty-one, Roy's now is this was his sixtieth birthday. This dude makes it a point that, that he gets a two special bottles of of uh, scotch a year. I love it. Let's talk about your hat real quick and the bandana underneath. This is. <laughs> I like this. It, it was a cold day today. We had a little bit of a cold snap. Actually, there's a good story be behind the scarf. The scarf I got in Varanasi, India. And I was down in Varanasi, India is a, a very strange place. It's, a, it's where everybody goes to die because they bury people out in the Ganges River. And there's this whole, like, sort of setup that they have where if you've got, like, AIDS or smallpox or whatever you get buried in the middle if you're old age you get buried toward the toward the the, the bank of it but it, it, then they do on wednesdays they do a mass cremation where they have this huge bonfire and they put bodies in there and burn it but anyway so i was down by the ganges river and i was walking back up and this guy's like hey sir i want to i want to show you my scarves and i'm like no man i'm good he goes no you don't understand. My name is Shitty Tony, and all my scarves are shit. Everybody says they have the greatest scarves, but my scarves are shit. Come see my scarves. And I was like, you know what? That is, you know, a sales technique I've never heard of. So right. I went into Shitty Tony, and he gave me this as a gift. I love it. Thanks, Shitty Tony. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily the marketing strategy you want to go with, but it is interesting. It's compelling. It worked. Yeah. It worked because two of my colleagues followed me in there, and they all bought scarves. And I got a free one because I brought my colleagues in. I love it. I love it. Shitty Tony. Uh, the legend lives on, my friend. You're... Your name is being referenced and celebrated uh, in front of lots of people on lots of different platforms. And if you go to my Facebook page, you can see a picture of Shitty Tony in my profile section. There you go. I took a selfie with him, and sometimes I use it as my profile. Really? Sometimes you use someone else's? <laughs> well, no, you're it's, in it's it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're with it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we were going to have uh, a friend of the show and uh, radio host, political commentator Kenny Webster on. Unfortunately, he had to go to the hospital. He's okay. Um, thank God he's okay. We'll get him back on uh, next week or in the following week. So we're rocking it out just with the crew here as as we usually do. If you're not on Rumble, we'd love for you to come over. Rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist. Come hang out with us. That's where the most engagement happens. If you're on Red Voice Media's Rumble, stay there. Have a good time. Or you can do do both. Have, have some fun in the chat over here on ours. YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Getter, wherever you are, please hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed on that page. Uh, it helps us a ton. And then continue to engage throughout. All of those things help push things up in the algorithm on the, the respective platforms there. Tons to get into today. Update on this judge in the Trump Colorado case. The whole 14th Amendment deal. We're going to talk about that here actually in just a second. 
We're going to talk about the National Archives that found 82,000 emails where Joe Biden used a pseudonym back when he was vice president. We were going to get to it yesterday, and we never did. Uh, we ran out of time. Um, I feel like we've run out of time like every day this this week. But but we're gonna we're yeah. Gonna, there's, there's just a little bit going on. Just in the a, world. I mean, just a, a few things going on. You got another lib who's slamming Mike Johnson's faith. Uh, just as a tease, she's got red hair and she used to be the pre press secretary. Ducey KJP. We didn't get to that the other day. Ducey Kirby. Now we're getting another another spat in there. Lots going on in the ever changing war overseas in Israel. Some other cultural nonsense. We're going to get to all of it. There's a ton that we're going to be doing today. So stick around throughout. I promise you it's going to be worth it. Not all of it's good news. I can't say that, but uh, it'll all be worth it. We'll have some great discussion. Before I get started, I'm pleased to tell you that this hour is brought to you commercial free by our friends at American Alternative Assets. Listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard earned savings are absolutely at risk. But you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. All you got to do is call 833, the number 2, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit Protect from Biden. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without, and this is important, without any tax consequences. Again, call the number 833-2-USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. All right, let's kick things off the way we do around here with some depressing news that's happening. This is the News Cruise. So we talk when you when you say depressing, I feel like we should have a different song for that yeah, news no, cruise. Well, then no, that's, you know. that's the thing, it, it, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't going to be bad. And then and then you hear what we're talking about, like, oh, oh yeah, no, it actually is. Uh, but I mean, I, there is so much depressing stuff going on that I think you know if we can play like some music and and try and like have a positive spin, even though the world is on fire and probably going to end soon. <laughs> I think it's important. I think so too. I think so to too. Put a good spin on it. Yeah. No, hundred um, percent. Tom should have wore that hat last night. He could have gone as Zach Wildy or wild. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's got a great get up on. I don't think Halloween has ended for Tom Cunningham. It never, it's, it's ongoing. It really, my, my, my whole wardrobe could be used on Halloween. It, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> If you weren't living in Jack's Beach, I think no one, I mean, the, everyone would think that. But in Jack's Beach, it kind of is like, well, but then there's that guy over there. And, have you noticed that? I mean, there's there's some interesting folks there. Oh, uh, Jack's Beach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's a ton of interesting folks. It is just getting weirder by the day, which I embrace. Yeah, I embrace weirdness, but uh, Jack's Beach is a lot more peaceful than like Holly, the Hollywood weirdness. Oh, hell yeah. No, I mean, it is such a upgrade. It's the, You can't even... You can't even really compare them. Well, we talked about this story on Monday when Wayne Dupree was here. You've got this this case trial that's going on out in the state of Colorado with the Democrats doing anything and everything they can to try and remove Trump from the ballot, citing the 14th Amendment, something that has not been done in a long, long time. That's just that we, and we talked about it that day. But we, we talked about, the, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? What, what does it mean either way? And we're going to do that again here in a second. But something that has to be paid attention to, according to Byron York and an article in the Washington Examiner, 
The Trump 14th Amendment, here we, can, we can pop this tweet up here uh, from Byron himself. The Trump 14th Amendment ballot disqualification case in Colorado is non-jury trial. So the judge will decide. Judge is a de- I'm just reading what he says. Judge is a Democratic donor, made one contribution through Act Blue that concerned specific issue at trial. When Trump defense brought it up, she said she couldn't remember it. Convenient. Convenient. So you've once again got a trial happening involving the former president, who some people love, some people loathe. But you've got a person who is, is deciding a pretty important thing in terms of whether or not he can stay on the ballot, some serious charges citing the 14th Amendment, and the person is, 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 is political in nature, has donated, and grant, people are going to say it's only once, but first of all, most of these folks are on the other side. But then when there's a track record of it, it shows some significant bias. And then you say you don't remember it. That, that's categorically bullshit right there. But, but you continue to see all of these cases, and it's like, man, hey, here's the deal. Uh, like him, don't like him, but things need to be fair. If there's going to be any hope for the U.S. judicial system, I don't think that there is, but but they need to be fair and they need to look and appear, not just be fair, but look and appear fair. This looks very questionable and and should be seen as a big deal. And it's a, you're talking about removing someone from the presidential ballot in, in, in the state of Colorado and you're not letting a jury decide, you're just going to let a libtard judge make the decision how do you think this is going to go well it's going to go that the way that you know, the security state and the deep state want it to go they don't want trump on the ballot and so there's there's a couple of things at play the first thing at play is you're in a trial like this that's why it's a bench trial where they're not going to have a jury is because the judge has already decided how she or he is it he or she she how sarah she, wallace how she has defined what an insurrection is. That's the first thing you have to you have to define. Was January sixth an in- insurrection as it's written in the Fourteenth Amendment? Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who would say no. And and as the years go by, I think there are a lot more people, even sort of who are borderline on the left, who would be like, well, it was bad, but. Does it really qualify as an insurrection? Someone will go, yeah, it was an insurrection because we hate Trump and whatever the, you know, whatever we can do to keep him out of office, we'll do and it's worth it. But that's that's something that has to be defined, and right. you have to define it to a jury. And there's a reason why they're not going to let twelve people decide on what the definition of an insurrection is, because that's what this whole case hinges on. And so, if it just goes to the judge, she's already decided in my mind, of what an insurrection is and what happened on January 6th, she she's going to say that was an insurrection. Right. Which, you're right. There's a lot of people who have kind of backed down on that that term. They'll still say it was a bad day. And and look, right. for the country, it was a bad day. It, it, who was behind it is, is is a whole different story. But but in terms of optics and in terms of what it did for further sowing division, all of that stuff wasn't a great day. But it, it's not an insurrection with the with the exception of some people who need it to be an insurrection and that's where they're smart we talk about this all the time that's where these folks are smart they push that term so freaking hard early on well before well before people knew why they were doing it with the 14th amendment in mind and then you've got this state now you've got a state in colorado and a lot of people will say and we talked about it monday with wayne why does this matter colorado's a blue state's not going to vote for trump anyways yeah you're likely you're likely right but it, it shows 
with this judge having a non-jury trial, how corrupt and broken the judicial system is, how, how little the voice of the American people matters. It shows how the left can demonize and eliminate their opponent, in this case, without evidence. You've literally changed the term, to your point, Tom, of what insurrection means, and you've pinned it on someone that you've told other people for the last seven years is the devil incarnate. Right. So they, they blend all that together. And then and what it does is, is it shows that other states can do this. Hey, we're gonna, <clears throat> we're gonna start pounding home the term insurrection. It's gonna come into play down the road if and when we need to use it to try and get Trump off the ballot, because that's one of the things you can use it for. So be patient, but keep beating that horse, keep beating that drum and saying insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. And, and then eventually we're going to try it somewhere. And it's going to work or it's not going to work. But whether it works or doesn't work, as, as we talked about Monday, then there's a game plan in place. If this works here, cool. Hey, other states, do this. Bring Trump up on charges. Do a non-jury trial. Let the judge decide. We'll make sure it's one of our friendly ones. And if it doesn't, God forbid, on their side, then we'll figure out what didn't work and we'll adjust it for the next state we tried it. Yeah, if, he, if Trump is found guilty in Colorado, even though Colorado will most likely go Democrat, I think it usually does, right? Yeah. Or is it a, yeah, it goes. It's, it, it's pretty, I mean, there's, there's, we've, there's some wins that happen in certain races there, but traditionally speaking, as far as I can remember, it's Democrat. Right, but what you're running into with this is you're setting a precedent. If he's found guilty, of insurrection or inciting an insurrection you have legal precedent now and when the judge gives her opinion on the verdict that opinion is going to be read by every other judge who you know if it, if this goes to georgia you know with all the the uh, cases going on that have been filed against all the charges and cases that have been filed against trump if this goes there in front of a judge and the d judge gets it, and, the, and of course they're going to do judge shopping until they get a friendly judge like they did in Colorado, right? they're going to come to the same finding because you have a judge already in Colorado who has deemed that this was an incitement of insurrection, and, that, and therefore it forfeits tri Trump's ability to run for public office. Yeah. That, that, that's what this does. It lays the groundwork for other states to follow to have these bench trials to get him off the ballot. Yeah, and what people need to remember, too, is, is everyone looks at the federal election and says, are they going to, federally speaking, remove him from the ballot? Probably not. Possibly. I know they want to, but probably not going to happen that way. But, but the reason it's probably not going to happen that way is it, is, is it doesn't have to. They don't need that. If they can get it done in some key states— and they can take him off, then then he's toast. The, the, the margin of error is, is really thin. That, that, that's the plan, man. That, that is the total plan that they're going for right now by, by bringing this in Colorado in front of this judge. Because like I said, once the precedent is set, you're, you're gold. And that opinion's written, it's going to follow to every state. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. It's, it's a shitty thing, but... <clears throat> But that's why all this stuff matters. I mean, it matters so much that I mean, a lot of people aren't paying attention to this case. You need to. I don't live in Colorado, so I don't care. You need to care. I don't think it's going to go through or, or he wasn't going to win anyways. It doesn't matter. Think bigger than that. Think bigger than that. Think what they can do with it. Think how they play the game and think how our side doesn't play the game. And then, and then you'll start to see how this is, in fact, a big deal. And even if, even if, even if somehow 
it doesn't go the judge's way and the Dems way and he gets off in Colorado. I still don't think we're free and, and clear with this because they're going to do anything and everything they can to ensure that he is not able to run. That, that That's the only way they can accomplish everything they want to is if is if he's not in the picture. Yeah, they have to they have to have Trump out of the picture because their their plan the, this fundamental transformation of the United States that both Obutthole and Big Mike talked about in 07 running up the or 08 running up the 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 election and then his inauguration in 09. Right. This is this is this is the culmination of that. You know, bringing opening the borders collapsing the economy making all americans dependent on the government making all the illegals who are in here dependent on the government the government you know that that is run by a a small cadre of people being able to tell us where where we can go what jobs we can have what what we can do they're they're so close to pulling this off yeah and trump seems to be the only thing standing in their way and they're going to pull out every last stop to make sure that he's not on the ballot and and in it's in in the place they would rather have like a nikki haley or somebody that yeah. they know that will do their bidding right no nikki would be a dream come true for them like okay we can we can work with this we won't get everything we want but we'll get a lot of things we want uh that that would absolutely be a dream come true and i, I mean i I hate the mindset. I hate the, I, and I, I don't. I don't hate the people who say this. To be clear, but I hate the mindset that's out there that this is the only person who can fix things right now. Because I don't think that there's only one person who can do anything, unless your name is is Jesus Christ. Like I, I just don't. But at the same time, I do see some truth in the comment, like of the available resources and individuals out there who are positioned to do something. If there's one person who can do it faster and better than anyone else, it is it is Trump. And so I, I hate the mindset of like, there's only one person like that's not true. There, there are other great people out there. We might not know who they are yet. There's one person that we know of that they're scared to death of on the left and not even just the left on the right as well. And that's a good sign. And and for that reason, there there should be a, a significant push to be behind trump on all these things because he scares the death it's like it was was like talking about the stuff we do with the speaker of the house stuff who do they all hate they hate that guy okay i kind of like him then (laughs) i mean that's that is your that's forget all of the voting and all of those things it's really hard to track everything in terms of people's voting records and this and their donors and all that everyone's got some skeletons in the closet everyone's made some mistakes look at how much the other side and the establishment part of the gop hates somebody and that is your determining, or like somebody, that's your determining fact. Oh, we think this is a fine person who's served this country admirably for a year. No, okay, that person's a douchebag. Right. That's what just happened there. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know that person's over the target when both progressives on the Republican side and the Democrat side both hate that person. Right. And we saw we saw that with Jim Jordan. We saw the progressive caucus on the Republican side were like, no, no, no. We're voting against this guy. We can't have him in there. He's he's going to upset the apple cart for us. And yeah. and so, you know, I'm not sure if Johnson is, you know, how he's going to do. I'm willing to give him a chance. But somehow he became a lot more palatable for the progressive caucus within the Republican Party. And 
I, the 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 Democrats are always going to hate him because he's a God fearing man. So. Right. <laughs> it really doesn't matter what they those godless bastards think. It doesn't. We're going to get into one of those things again here, actually, shortly. But I want to touch on something before we do because we 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 ran out of time Monday. Yesterday was was a crazy day. We just we didn't get to. I don't know if it was going to be yesterday or Monday that we were going to talk about this, but we were going to talk about Biden. Uh, and we had discussed a ways back, all of us had, people, you in the audience, other shows, everyone, the 5,400-plus emails where he used a pseudonym that were discovered, right? Well, that number this week just got a lot bigger, like a colossal shit ton bigger. You can see it there on the screen. 5,400 was a big number. That was a massive number. <laughs> yeah. Now it's and, – and, and keep this in mind, too. This is 82,000 – National Archives – show that he used pseudonyms while vice president in emails that accounted for over 82,000 pages. That's not necessarily 82,000 emails, which is a ton. That's pages of emails. So, you know, some are shorter, some are long. But there, there is a lot. There is a lot going on there. And I guess they released it under legal pressure. Um, that, but, but they put it out there where he used a th three private pseudonym accounts, a total that potentially dwarfs uh, the 82,000 we just mentioned there, that of Hillary Clinton, who was in hot water, not enough hot water, apparently, back in the day. What was her number, like 33,000, something like that? Yeah. I think it was, it in, was the in the 30s. It was in the 30s, yeah, yeah. 33, 36,000. <laughs> so almost two and a half times what, what, what her number was. Um, <clears throat> so, but you've got all of this stuff here, and, and, and it's, it's what I just, every time these stories pop up, wonder. By the way, he used Robin Ware, Robert L. Peters, and J.R.B. Ware, which is still my favorite pseudonym of his. Um, J.R.B. Ware. J.R.B. Ware. Again, that's an 80s wrestler right there. Yeah. But it also goes to J.R. Joseph Robert Biden. Yeah. And then Ware. Yeah. Delaware. Yeah. No, it absolutely, and, and you nailed it. That It makes total sense in, that's, in that regard. But. You see this, and I mean, the amount of things that continue to happen to this dude, classified, all of the money that we're going to get into, there's more stuff that broke on him, you know, receiving money from the Chinese this week from the House, uh, um, I forget which House Services, which House Services Committee, but there's, there's, there was more information that came out. We're going to get to that tomorrow if we don't today, but there, there's, there's copious amounts. This is the most impeachable, most corrupt president in the history of our united states of america i believe he's certainly the worst there's, there's probably some other corruption that happened back in the day before there was social media and everything else going on but but man there's so much information that keeps coming out and yet he always he always skates free he always gets off so i don't know i don't know what it's going to take clearly more clearly more than than what we've seen to date, but it's going to take something at some point, something's got to give, I guess is my point where the Democrats look at each other and say, okay, we're done. We're done with this experiment. And we all believe that, right? We believe Gavin's going to run or, or God forbid, Michelle runs, but, but Gavin likely the person who's going to run, we believe that's going to happen. But is this, is the 82,000, is it held? What, what is the, the thing that they take him out of, of that position they say, hey, look, bro, you're not you're not running. This isn't happening. I, I just keep wondering when something drops like this, 82,000 pages of emails, is this it? Is this the moment where they say, bye-bye, you're done. We're going with the slick-haired slick dude from, from California who's a tyrannical, dictatorial douche, but the soccer moms will vote for him. There's a lot of people who will vote for him. 
because we have a dumb populace. Joe, you're done. I, I don't know. Is this it? No. I don't think it, it is either. Because <laughs> no. they're just going to say, who cares? Lots of people use pseudonyms. You don't need to use a pseudonym, by the way, when you're the vice president of the United States. Yeah. We're at the point now where if you're resisting the regime, they're just going to they're, they're, they're scoop up all the shit and just smear it right in your face as an act of defiance. We know he's guilty. We know we're all guilty, and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, just look what's, look, look what's going on right now with our open borders. We've got 10 million illegals in the country right now, on top of the 11 million that de Democrats always say are living in the shadows. That number's probably even more. So we're talking, what, 23, 24, 25 million people, yeah. illegals that are already in the country? So if that's not going to get the pressure put on him to at least try and seal the borders— these emails aren't going to do shit. Yeah. They don't care. So you know, the only the, the only thing that I can think of where these emails do matter is, like you're saying, is to get him off the ballot. It's going to be a convenient out for them. And eventually, I think you're right. That's what they're going to do. They're going to say, you know what? There's just all this, you know, all these mean stories going on about Biden. He's done his time. His brain's failing him. And now it's time for the Democrat Party to move on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it because it, it, the choice is it's going to be a convenient thing that's out there, uh, some sort of evidence like this, some sort of story that's going on or a compilation of, of all of them. Or it's going to be him having to say, OK, I've been uh, I've been failing. I, I've been failing not just as a, as a job and, and in the role that I'm supposed to be playing in, even though I'm not playing it because I'm not actually the president. But I've been failing cognitively because I've got some significant health. I mean, at some point, it's going to have to be either scandal or health, which, by the way, is a scandal in, in and of itself, because you've been perpetuating this problem and putting someone out there who's a not the real president and B is is so worse for wear and then telling us that he's good to go. And it, so it's it's got to be one of those things for sure. And it's got to come soon. I mean, we don't have long. This is things are going to break here in the next i would imagine three to six months if not sooner yeah i think it's going to be the first of december we're going to if there's going to be a change that's when the change is going to be because i think that isn't that the cutoff time to be put on the ballot in each state i couldn't tell you off the top of my head yeah but that might that might be I think we're going to see some time, like, right to the lead up, run up to Christmas, because it's going to be one of those things that goes in under the radar, and everybody's going to have Christmas and New Year's, and then come back and go, oh, yeah, you know, Gavin Newsom's going to be running for president. He's not a bad guy. Yeah. No, not a bad guy. <laughs> By the way, Magellan says, I love... Um I'll also, by, this is the quote. Also, by the way, I'm digging Tom's Ted Nugent Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> it is very Nugent-esque. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, so we didn't get to this clip the other day either, so I want to I get it in here. We've got two Deucey clips in a row. We're going to go double Deucey here. And the first one, he sent KJP spiraling uh, like he usually does when he asked her if Biden thinks that anti-Israel protesters in America are extremists. The next one has to do with that very same topic, too. But take a listen to the first clip. Does Biden think the anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists? 
What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and be uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided, to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017, when we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile, anti-Semitic, uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then, and he's very clear now. Uh, he's taken actions against this over the past two years, and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of vile and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric. We hear you guys don't talk about extremists all the time. It is usually about MAGA extremists. So what about these protesters who are making Jewish I've students feel very, unsafe very on college campuses? Are they extremists? I've been very, very clear. We are calling out any form of hate, any form of hate. It is not acceptable. It should not be acceptable here, and we are going to continue to call that out. And let and let me be very clear: this is a president that has continued to have that fight in his office in this administration. You know, when he repealed Trump's Muslim ban on his very first first day in office, that is something that this president did. Uh, he also established an interpolicy committee to counter Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and related forms of bias and discrimination. We have taken this. Very, very, very seriously, from the president all the way on down. Does President Biden look at these anti-Israel protests on college campuses and think it's nice to see that the country's youth are so involved, or does he think the next generation is doomed? Here's the thing: there's no place for hate in America. I'm no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there's no place for hate in America. Any anti-Semitic threat or incident in the strongest terms, and you heard me say at the top, we, we I gave a message to students uh, who are feeling who are feeling under threat right now, right? You know, we're tracking these threats very closely. We are there for them. Uh, no student should have to be able to go to class, live on campus in fear. And, you know, these incidents, these reported anti-Semitic incidents at schools and on campuses, that should not be. We have to condemn them. We have Okay. There's no room for hate in America. No. Unless. Unless you import it. And yeah, unless you import it and it goes along with our narrative and kind of like what we think and how we feel. Uh, because there's been no answers on this. I mean, you you see, you keep seeing it. There's there's always been some level of that, not just here, but across the globe of anti-Semitism. But there's been obviously an increasing amount of that with with everything that's happening overseas, with the 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 kids and and idiots across our country getting all spy, you know spun up about pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas stuff that, of course, then all of a sudden they hate Jews. So you get these anti-Semitic things. We shared examples of what happened on Cornell University the other day, the vile threats that were being made. You see all this, and and you see this administration talk about us, the American people, particularly conservatives who love the Constitution, love Jesus, love the, the star-spangled banner, are just all about America and... and, and who, who love peace. <laughs> who love peace, exactly. And we're called extremists, but because they fall in line with the, the messaging of the left and are calling for the annihilation, the removal, a genocide of the Jews, it's so remarkable. They call 
they call everything that's happening over there in Gaza, you know, or, or Palestine writ large, a genocide by the Israelis, which is categorically false. But what do they do in response? And what have they always done? Call for genocide? I mean, have you noticed that? Like that's, we cannot stand idly by and let them commit genocide. We will instead commit genocide ourselves. Like you guys are freaking crazy. Stop it. But there's no, but there is no, there's no punishment. They do not do. Let's just look at this real quick before we continue the conversation. Cause I think this is a short one. Kirby was asked the same kind of general question here. Uh, he had no real response for it. Take a listen. People in this country making violent anti-Semitic threats, are they domestic terrorists? I, I don't uh, know that we're classifying people as domestic terrorists for that. I mean, I, that's really a question better left to law enforcement. I'm, I'm not aware that there's been such a, uh, a characterization of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you yeah. want this one? Oh, I mean, just look what happened. If you say, well, I think there was some monkey business going on with the election. Oh, domestic terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and for him to say, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far to, you know, say that, you know, a group who's chanting gas the Jews is domestic terrorist. They have a pretty high bar when it comes to anti-Semitism and when it comes to Islamic terrorists yeah. to reach. For everybody else, we have a very low bar, a very, you know, small threshold that we have to cross. Like that dude that um, I can't remember his name, but last week he uh, was found guilty and sentenced. Actually, he started his prison term for making a meme. So, yeah, Mackie. Mackie, yeah, yeah. For, for satire. So the, the, the whole world is out of whack right now, especially with the left, because the left right now, their chickens have come home to roost, to borrow you know, a, a phrase from a butthole's minister when he was talking about September 11th. But what's astonishing to me is that Jews make up 2.4% of the U.S. population, and 60% of all hate crimes in the U.S. are perpetrated against Jewish people. So you're going to tell me <laughs> that they're the ones who are the aggressors in this entire right. situation? It's just it's absolutely laughable. And somehow, you know, KJP and the rest of the dolts in the regime always have to weave it back to Islamophobia when it's just the stats aren't there. It's not there. Well, it's, it's like it's not like comparable. No, it's like anything they do. I mean, they're able to very <clears throat> convincingly, emotionally, not convincingly, say a lot of stupid things including that they tie it back to islamophobia they say the same kind of the same kind of stuff when it comes to gun control and they put out this emotional bullshit but none of it is actually tied to stats and data right like okay you're saying that i get it you say it every time that you open your mouth but what what do you have information wise that backs up what you're saying i'll wait and they and they don't have it it's the same thing for fire for second amendment issues it's the same thing for so many issues it but again they're able to do this because they're in charge they have the 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 strength and power of the of the mainstream media the vast vast majority oh damn near 100 percent of them at their disposal big tech at their disposal so they can just literally i mean it must be so nice i wish i wish that we could just say whatever we wanted and have people believe it that's not how it goes for us we're not even allowed i'm not even allowed to get to my damn audience for pete's sakes <laughs> 
How many followers does he have? No, don't let his stuff go out. That that would be so detrimental. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But here, but here's the thing too. I mean, they're calling they're calling us. They're calling whoever they want that opposes them domestic extremists, and they say that that's one of our biggest issues. And they have for years and years and years now. And they won't, of course, call kids who are saying that they, everyone should go kill and annihilate Jews in America, uh, college campuses, towns, whatever the case might be. They won't call them domestic terrorists. But they'll call us that just for having different views. But they've been so focused on all of this shit for so long now that it's, it's pretty remarkable now that you see Christopher Ray and other folks from the Bureau coming out and saying, which makes sense, right, that we have a significant terror threat, not just because of what's happening overseas, but, oh, by the way, our borders wide ass open and people have long hated us for, for a, a while. I mean, we had it's 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 not just the recent years. It, that is a big issue. That is the surge in things. But we've look, we've got Iranian operatives. We've got folks from Hezbollah, which obviously are backed by Iran, Hamas and and people like that. We've got people from all over in our country who are here to do evil to us how many times in the past six months have we played video on this program and you pointed out look at all these dudes they're all dudes we're told for the longest time it's just families that are coming over who want a better life it it's like day after day you're like look Look at this line of people. We've played hours and hours yeah. of footage of dude after dude fighting age coming into the country. Yeah. And you going, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> it is. Well, and it really, I mean, I was talking about this with someone yesterday. It's, it's, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be an awful problem. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It, this is going to pop off. It's probably going to be small things, lone wolf things. Which are which are just as bad because it's gonna it's going to encourage others to do it. It's gonna strike fear and panic. It's going to crush the market. It's gonna crush so many things. It doesn't take much to show. You've seen how quick our country can get shut down. And the lone wolf thing is gonna turn into what? It's gonna turn into we need to get weapons of war off the street. Right. It's always gonna come back yeah. to gun control. It's not gonna come back to open borders and letting shitheads in. Yeah. Yeah, it's never going to come back to that. No, I, I I agree. But point being with Ray, these guys, you have been focused on school board meetings, people making memes, people in conservative media. And 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 now you're saying we have intelligence gaps and we're concerned and the terror threat is, is ratcheted up to high alert because we think some stuff's going to happen. Well, no shit. <laughs> no shit, because you've been looking at freaking school board PTA meetings. Granted, a lot of people on PTA boards are bitches, but you you've been looking at the wrong stuff, the wrong portion of the population, people who disagree with your boss's politics, and now all of a sudden, we're we're at a point where we've got all of these massive issues and 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 you're saying we have a problem. Of course you do. Tom, you just had a ga- like that you, you, you got wide mouth. Yeah, there. I'm afraid I just got some breaking news here. It's, it's sad news. Legendary basketball coach Bobby Knight has passed away. No. Man, I tell you what. You, you, you can't be a, almost a Bobby Knight in this day and age. No. No. Throwing that, chairs across the floor. That style of coaching is strangling people. a long time ago. Headbutting yeah. him. Headbutting him. Yeah, I love him or hate him. He was definitely a coaching icon. He's yeah. an absolute icon. Yeah. And and think of what he did to that Hoosier basketball program 
I mean, those you would see them come out in their red and white striped warm-up pants. You know that at some point he's going to probably get ejected from the game. It was good basketball, and it was good TV. Uh, and if you were in the arena, even better. Um, wow, that's that's sad. Sad loss. I was wondering what it was. I just saw Tom's face, and then it was silence. Um yeah, well, I mean, you know, he, like, like, like you're saying, like we were both saying, he, he he's very iconic. He's one of those people that both of us grew up with. And it's just, it's always, you know, it sort of takes your breath away when somebody who has had that big of an impact in in your culture and, you know, in, in our lives, you know, passes away. It's, it's a yeah. shock. It's a bummer. It you is. Know, he's 83, so. Man. Rest in peace, Bobby Knight. Okay, I feel, I feel like you should get up and throw your chair across the studio. <laughs> if I had like a folding chair, I mean, we've got we've got so much like wrestling stuff kind of scattered throughout here. We should probably have some folding chairs since that's a huge part of of the wrestling world. And then we could have thrown it across. Although I'll just say I have a lot of money invested in the studio, and and throwing a metal chair probably wouldn't be wise for us in what we do with all the the stuff that's here. Uh, but. Let's do this. Let's go back. We showed a clip of of two people who are always on the podium now. Jen Psaki, or excuse me, um, her her Jen Psaki's successor, Karine Jean Pierre, and and John Kirby. Well, Jen Psaki. Oh, actually, hold on. Time out. I'm gonna I'm gonna distract us even more because Andy said earlier he was talking about the kid. Did you see the kid in the the Biden Halloween costume? And then Magellan and a couple others asked, or you know, weren't sure if they had. So so we put this kid. Did a phenomenal job. Has gotten lots of social media attention. We're going to give him some more. We put out a montage of it earlier today on our social channels. Uh, we'll share it with you now, and then we can just discuss it real quick before we move on to Jen Psaki and her show, Inside Jen Psaki. Take a listen. I just want to say that, you know, there's not that many costumes out there that I would say, yeah, I'll buy that for my child. Yeah, that one, if, if my child could say, I want to be Joe Biden, probably, let's do it. I'll, I'll pay it out of my own pocket. <laughs> yes. No, that, he, he did a, such a good job going up the stairs, the fall, like, like on the, the falling down. My wife kept, you know, replaying that and replaying. It's like, it is so good. The way that he fell was so perfect. Yeah. I love it. And you know what it shows? <clears throat> it shows hope for our children in this country, for our youth. Most of it is so depressing out there when you talk. But but there are good ones. I talked about the Florida-Georgia game over the weekend, talked to the dumbest liberal motherfucker ever, um, just an awful human. 
and then and then some refreshing people who were in the same age bracket and and knew their shit. You got young kids dressing up as Biden who have nailed it, which means good parenting and smart children. Uh, that was the scene, though, for, for those of you who hadn't seen it for that kid uh, on Halloween. Back to Jen Psaki, who always looks she's a Halloween girl. She's got real pumpkin orange hair. Right. So her show inside Jen Psaki, Come Inside Me, um, had a segment about Mike Johnson, which is <laughs> as I say that and then I talk about slamming him for faith and I'm being nasty here but again her title looks like it's just inside with Jen, inside Jen Saki. but she we showed Bill Maher the other day ripping on Mike Johnson's faith listen to what Jen Saki said about it you heard that right the Bible doesn't just inform his worldview it is his worldview in fact during his first speech in his new job Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God talk about a bit of a humble brag there so what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. So a religious fundamentalist. So his, <laughs> his belief in Christ, his values, his faith, which he... You know, he's ardent about and he speaks about, yes, but he doesn't beat people. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not close friends with him. I'm not in his community, but he's not out there in every speech giving a sermon, which it would be his prerogative to do if he wanted, by the way. But religious fundamentalists, the left loves these terms. We're domestic terrorists. Oh, Mike Johnson, he falls in the domestic terrorist and religious fundamentalist category. But they, they keep here's what I look, pick on Mike Johnson all you want. He's a public figure. He's the speaker of the house now. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and he is he is outspoken in his beliefs for sure. But what what startles me every time I hear segments like this from Jen or Bill Mars the other day is you guys are mocking the Bible. You are mocking God. You are do you do you know what you're doing? Forget the people that you're offending. You know, America was founded on the on on Christian beliefs and and views and all of that, and and we have a huge Christian population. But forget that. You you are mocking the Creator of the universe, your Creator, and His living, breathing Word, as as most of us believe it to be. I just the the gall. I mean, you're talking about the gall of Him to be like this was an act of God. Like he's blessed me and put me in this situation. I just, I, I, it, 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 it really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. It rubs me the wrong way too. And you know, I got to give Jen some credit because her, what the, the statement that she made came across like the godless communist that she is. And forever in a day, the left always prefers to mock God and religion, especially Christianity. And they've taken Christianity and they've woven it in to Western civilization. So they view they they view Western civil civilization is is being the enemy of the earth, and it has to be collapsed. So with within Western civilization, you have Christianity that holds it together. So Christianity has to be mocked and has to be torn down. But where all these communists lose. <laughs> where all these communists don't what they don't understand is the fact that 
Christianity was alive and well in Africa well before it was alive and well in Europe. You go to Ethiopia, you go to other countries around there. Lalabella is one of the ones that I think of, you know, the most because I've been there to see the church that is, that is built into the ground there. And it's, it's this common smugness that you see the left have when it comes to Christianity. She would never say that about anybody of the Islamic faith. No. Because the Islamic faith is not intertwined with Western civilization. Therefore, it's not as evil as Christianity. So, and, it, and it's, you know, the Muslim faith is this quaint little religion that is practiced only by, you know, black and brown people. And therefore, we have to respect it and give it the, the dignity that it deserves. But when it comes to Christianity and the left, they hate it. They hate everything about it, and they do everything that they can to try and destroy it. And the what the problems that we're seeing with our country right now, and this is going to sound weird coming from somebody who looks the way that I do, <laughs> is the fact that we have lost our compass when it comes to our faith in God. And reading the Bible and going back to the Bible and just seeing the teachings of Jesus— and in trying to live your life in a more spiritual way, you know, the Bible is pretty much human beings manual for life. Right. And for a lot of people, they've put that manual in the glove box and don't even, you know, reference it anymore. And that the times that we're living in now are, are a direct or a direct um, result of putting that on the shelf and not referring to it. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's a it's a playbook that's been given to us and most people put it there or if you're Bill Maher you celebrate the fact that you don't even have one. Um which still Yeah. You know, I, I again, I was raised Catholic and I have a lot of issues with the Catholic Church over the years, so I have found myself going away from church, coming back to church, and then every time that I do go back to church, there's something weird that happens. But I've never abandoned my faith in Jesus and in God. And I think a lot of people, uh, at least, you know, Gen Xers, my age, your age, and then, but then it goes down to line like millennial. Well, the Gen, let me stick with the Gen Xers first. We kind of go back and forth because, at least for a Catholic, you're tired of you know all the molestation and the priest being pushed around from church to church, and then you getting pressure to give money to the church, knowing that it's going to go to some sort of slush fund to keep this whole pedophilia ring going, and it kind of, it, it, it's exhausting. Right. And so that that has a tendency to drive people away from it. And then when you get into other denominations, you know, the, every religion, as long as men and women are a part of that religion, aren't going to be scandal free. And that's just the way that it is. But you can't discount the message of the Bible by the people who are professed to be teaching it. And I think we as a society have have come to a point where you know, the people who fall short of God and Jesus, we lump it all together and say, you know what, these people are horrible people. And, you know, this, this whole religion thing, you know, this God and Jesus thing is just ain't worth it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to dispel it from my life and I'm going to be my own God. And once people start believing that their own God, 
that's when you run into some serious shit. And that's where we're, what we're facing right now. Yeah. Well, that is. I mean, everyone is really good at making their own, making themselves their own God. Um, it doesn't go well, they, but they think it's great. Yeah. They think it's great. Um, <clears throat> I, I wanted to squeeze in one last clip here. We're going to talk more about Israel on a geopolitical uh, basis, kind of where things are go, where they are now, where they're going. It's not good by the way, but we keep referencing all of these people who fall in the bin. You're just talking about there too, Tom, that we were discussing, you know, in terms of folks who make themselves their own gods, or they make some cause or something, an idol for themselves, or maybe even a God. I mean, and you see it right with all of these pro Hamas, pro Palestine protesters across the country that we're seeing across the world, but particularly here in America. And we talk about how this would go for them time and time again. And it's the same thing even here with people who just support crazy-ass far-left, you know, radical liberal policies in this country, thinking, I'm on their team, could be COVID, could be Trump stuff, could be whatever. I'm on their team. This is going to be good for me. No, it's not. They hate you. They hate you. Well, that is like on steroids when it comes to Hamas and extremist groups. And you had this, this influencer on TikTok who shared the same sentiment that we have here. Let's take a listen to her. Good morning. This video is for anyone who's ever believed in freedom. So if that's not you, you can keep scrolling. Um, Hamas wants you dead, too. Okay. And for you purple-haired, like, left-leaning, extreme feminists who are supporting Hamas online, I'd just like to let you know that they'd kill you first, okay? All right. Read a book. Your ignorance is nauseating. (laughs) (laughs) I love the end. Your ignorance is nauseating. But it is. It so is. And, 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 and nothing she says there is new and fresh. She's better looking than us. So when she says it, I think more people listen, which is unfair. But you know what? We don't go out and protest about that. The world, uh, life's not fair, man. It's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and I teach my kids that a lot. And I hope that's not too negative. <laughs> but I hear my son repeat things. One of the girls be like, that's not fair. And <laughs> My son will chime in. Nothing's fair. Like, <laughs> anyways, but it's it, but th- it's so true. What she said is so true. This is this is the problem that we have with all of these movements that that are happening across the, the globe right now, and it, it's on literally endless number of issues. Is you have so many dumb, willing sheep who go along with it, who are so clueless, so lost in every aspect of their life. It would seem. Some of them might have a great degree. Some of them might be book smart. They might have a GPA. The GPAs keep going high. I don't even know what the fucking highest GPA is now. I've got a 12.0. Like, what? It used to just go to four. But whatever. Like, they're book smart, but they're so dumb. They're so not street smart. They're not culturally aware. They have no reference of history, no reference of, of uh, or understanding of what's going on around them. And they just get caught up in the moment. They're emotional creatures who are, in this case... Pro Hamas, pro Palestine, think that Israel is committing genocide. Is Israel perfect? No. Are you? No. You're. Wow, you're not perfect, bro. We've got people here in the U.S. that think there's a there's a, a genocide against trans people. Yes, that's what happens when you use it, uh, it uh, over when when you use certain language and you overly inflate it to like you know to, we've become a nation of like 
of teenagers who aren't getting their way. And so everything is either life or death. And so it's like, there's a trans genocide going on. No, there's not. (laughs) There's not. Stop using the word genocide. It has a very specific meaning. Yes. And it's same thing with insurrection and same thing with terrorists and same thing with domestic extremism. Right. As soon as you start using these words, and racist, as soon as you start using these words words in everyday parlance, it, it loses its effect, and the, the word loses its meaning. And that's what, we're, what we see right now. Yeah, it is. It, 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 so much of it, you're right, Tom, comes down to that. It's, it's what, people believe, what people believe a word to mean, what people have done to skew the meaning of that word. We have so many ignorant people running around it's and and a lot of that does i mean you know it goes beyond that goes beyond all the things you talked about i mean we're changing definitions of everything fascist the 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 definition of fascist has changed in webster's dictionary in in the dictionaries not just culturally in the dictionaries you had you know with our economy bidenomics not working you know according to stats and data we were in a recession. Well, no, we're not, because a recession now means this. Well, hold on. Mother- <laughs> Motherfucker, you just changed the term, the definition of recession, so you could say we weren't in a recession? Yes, we did. Like, that's how they do it. And it, and it goes on so many things, too. They call all these people heroes. Okay, well, now you've made that term not mean anything, You because don't, you don't understand what it is. They, they, the left ruins everything they touch. Yes. Period. End of story. That sounds so extreme, Drew. It's not. The left got one of their greatest victories during the abortion debate back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s when they took the term baby and replaced it with fetus. That was the turning point in the whole abortion discussion because then all of a sudden a baby was it it didn't come across as being a human being it was more of a clinical term so when something has more of a clinical term to it to it it's easier to kill and that was the whole reason why they did that and the left that was their first victory and they have marched on since then learning that great lesson of changing words in society to 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 make sure that they get the end that they're looking for. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did by doing that. Good point. Good point. Disappointing point. Good point. Um, okay. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to top off our beverages. You should do the same. Before we do that, though, we're going to do question of the day. So, Disco, let's get over there. Let's ring that bell. And here's, here's, here's my question for you today. We just finished Halloween last night. For, for weeks now, there's been all sorts of stuff up in all the stores, right? You know, we all see it wherever you go, whether you're in a Home Depot or a, you know, a Walmart or a Target or where, wherever you go. I know we're not doing Target, but what you get the point. In any of these big box stores, you see Christmas stuff up. You see Halloween stuff. You see Thanksgiving stuff. You see all of that shit. And here's my question. Does the chaos in the world and at home permit earlier holiday decorations? There tends to be a standard nutrition. Some of you guys haven't been following him forever, by the way. You just, it's July and you're like, let's put the tree up. Um, you're a little, you're a little eager. I know Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, her, Britney, Britney's had the tree up for a while. Now, I don't know if she knows that she does, but, but she. It's been a couple weeks for her. She'll yeah. chop that shit down on accident with the knives and all the dances she does. But it's, it's a crazy world. 
it's a crazy world. There's the prospect of war on multiple fronts. We've got an open border, lone wolf terrorists. There's just so much negative news. The economy's not going good. So given all of that, the question is, again, does the chaos in the world and at home permit earlier holiday decorations? Let me know what you think. I'm curious. I'm torn on my answer, if, I, if I'm being honest. But I will give you it as well as will Tom. We'll get Disco's response. That's going to be right after a quick break. We'll have the live look in. Just going to top off a drink. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. My business partner, Jim, and I uh, started Thistle Creek Reserve because we wanted to bring glory to God. We want to be Christ-centered seven days a week, 365 days a year. Our coffee is produced all around the world, some from Papua New Guinea, South America, and Guatemala, Brazil, for example. Beyond the Cup is it's our life motto. It's our way to give back, and it's, for us, our charitable partners. Uh, we partner with the Tim Tebow uh, Alcoa Philippi project to help rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Uh, we partner with Seamark Ranch, a uh, foster care community to help show the love of Christ to children uh, who've really just been abandoned by their families. One of the things that we do is we go back and we support the missionaries that we help get our coffee from so that they can build churches and uh, schools and hospitals and dig wells so that everybody has fresh and clean water. We stand on core conservative Christian values, and we will never shy away from that. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our friends that are across the aisle. We love them all. We want to serve good coffee to them all, and we want them to know that 
there's somebody who might not think like they do, but it's willing to love them anyway and have a conversation with them. Good discussion happening here. That's my favorite short right now. Still, just <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. I, I, I'm a sucker for film noir. I am too. I, maybe we just make it a policy that all of our shorts <laughs> at this point are either film noir or, or is it sepia or sepia, sepia, sepia. Like we did the western one. Like that one was decent too. Um, so glad you guys are here. Hit that like button if you have not already. Reminder before I do this quick read from one of our partners. Um, <clears throat> as we go, yeah, go. we'll just do the show in it. Why not? Let's just, noir. Yeah. Um, the question of the day was Does chaos in the world and at home permit earlier decorations uh, for the holidays? Obviously, most people are, you know, you don't do Christmas until a certain point. It could be post Thanksgiving, right before, whatever your, whatever your tradition and, and rules are. Is it changing though? Because you need some joy. That's that's the that's the essence of the question. Uh, as you're sending them in, this second hour brought to you commercial free by the Wellness Company. We're living in crazy ass times where being prepared is not just a convenience; it is in fact a necessity. Whether it's geopolitical instability, threats of war, or just the increasing occurrence of natural disasters, you can never be too prepared. And let's face it. Our government hasn't been doing a great job of ensuring our safety. So it's up to us. It's up to you to take care of your family, yourself. Take matters into your own hands. That's why I'm super excited to introduce to you this medical emergency kit from our friends at The Wellness Company. You've got high-quality doctors who are involved with The Wellness Company, including Dr. Peter McCullough, who you're all familiar with. They provide top-quality wellness products. And let me tell you guys, they've outdone themselves with this kit. We've got one. This is an amazing one to have on hand. It contains a range of prescription medications like ivermectin, antibiotics, all stuff that can prepare, can prepare you for everything from COVID to the plague. And the best part is these prescriptions are all available through telemedicine. So you don't even have to leave your home. You can do it in your jammies, folks. We all love being in our jammies or our sweats. You can do it this way. This is the future of emergency preparedness. It's designed to cover a whole range of scenarios. So just do it. Get yourself set up. Have it on hand. Everyone thinks of food, water, batteries, all that stuff all the time. And you should have that, too. But no one ever thinks ahead for medication. What if I get COVID? What if I get the, you know, what if I get blah, 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 whatever that, that, that thing might be. Blah, blah, blah is not in that read, by the way. Yellow fever. I just put it in there. Yellow fever. African river blindness. Yes. Syphilis. 
AIDS. This covers all of it. It doesn't actually cover all of that. I'm just rabies. Some of that is that's more life decisions for you. You should check it out though. It does have antibiotics. It does have. Uh, they're going to totally pull this from us. Uh, it does have um, ivermectin and antibiotics. Go to rvmemergencykit.com. Again, it's rvmemergencykit.com. Okay, back to the question, which was, does chaos in the world and at home permit earlier holiday decorations? Let's see. No, it was 17 degrees this morning because people decorated early. So Andy blaming people for the weather for decorating early. So, okay. Um <laughs> Magellan asks real quick as a side question, which I'm going to I'm going to field. OK, uh, how many trees does Drew and Tom and Disco have? I'm curious. I asked as a follow up at home or at the studio. Magellan clarified at home. And then he mentioned that Mark Kay, who is right here in Jacksonville, who does a show, um, has 12, which now makes me I'm like Mr. Christmas. I get so into it at the house like I have a Christmas tramp stamp tattoo usually usually around july you're sitting there going all right do we do we start watching movies oh i'm ready i'm ready at all times <laughs> that said i like to keep it special at the time but i am ready and i don't actually have a christmas uh tramp stamp tattoo yet um but yet we're gonna put that on the show if so you ever get that we're magellan i at my personal house we have we have three trees up not now they're not up yet but we we go with a three tree spread one one primary, two secondary, uh, kind of periphery trees, if you will. Uh, I've gotten to the point. Here's here's just a tip. Who doesn't love the ambiance of a Christmas tree, right? We now have one in our master bedroom. Because my wife was always like, "Can we can we watch a show or a movie in bed instead of out in the the family room?" Like I don't know. Like I just like it. It's dark and cozy out here. The trees out here. I like to sit on the couch, have my scotch or my bourbon or whatever. And then I come home from work one day and there's a tree set up in the room and I'm like, uh, girl, you're smart. Well played. Because now I'm coming in there. And <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, I have three personally. I'd like that to expand at some point, but I'm, I'm at three right now. Tom, what do you have? I've got one, but let, let me backpedal a little bit. So when I was married the first time, we had one, two, three, four. We had one in the front room that was kind of like, you know, a white Christmas tree that was like, hello, it's Christmas, come on in. That was like, you know, in the window so everybody in the neighborhood could see it. And then in the living room, we had the main one that, you know, where the packages would go under for the kids and everything. And then each of the kids had a small little Christmas tree in their room. When I got divorced, I moved into another place and had a small Christmas tree. And then when I got married again, still the same single Christmas tree, because at Christmas, we go to my mom's house where my ex-wife and her boyfriend and the kids come over for Christmas. So we have the Christmas tree there. So it's really not, you know, it, for us, just having a small one, just to, you know, acknowledge that Christmas is here and everything it is what we do. So uh, that's a long way for the answer. So <laughs> okay. the answer the answer is one, but it was more Christmassy when I was married before I got divorced. Okay. Disco, one, two. Well, I mean, you know how I feel about Christmas. Yes. It, it, it's after Thanksgiving you start decorating. Um, but we usually have two trees, one that my wife and I decorate and one that our two kids decorate. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's get to the actual question of the day. 
Magellan has sidetracked us, which I appreciated. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, 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 it's gonna. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. By the way, he says uh, the answer. Uh, three's acceptable. I think more than a few is just trying too hard. I think. Yeah. I, 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 there is a limit. Like if we do another one, honestly, in our house, our house is nice, but it's not like some. We don't have some mansion or something like that. It would. It would probably be ridiculous. I don't even know where it would go, um, unless you count the kids' small ones. Each kid has a small. You know, like this tall in their room at which point then it's it's See, more but Mike, did you put we're like a three foot tree so i kind of i count anything like three foot and above yeah these are this is like a foot yeah, yeah. so i did you put the fourth tree in the guest bathroom yep we did sure, i sure did <laughs> so you can enjoy it while you're showering at our home which by the way has a short short time time that you can be here so um uh, enjoy it while you're here. No. Um, so the question was, though, because of all the craziness that's going on in the world, is it acceptable? And by the, my answer to for, or my my cue to you guys is it shouldn't matter. Don't it doesn't matter what other people think. So is it acceptable to you to decorate and move things a little bit to the left in terms of your schedule? Decorate a little bit earlier because of World War Three, Joe Biden, Biden, all that stuff. Is it acceptable to do it a little bit earlier? Tom, what's your answer? My answer is yes, because I think in, in a world that we're living in right now with, with all the strife that's going on in, inside our country and abroad, that I think anything that gives you joy in life, and for most of us, holidays bring us joy. And I think the quicker that we can get to it, the better. You know, when, when October 1st rolled around, and I just moved here, so my first priority was to get as many Halloween decorations up as possible just so, you know, I could have some sort of joy for myself and also not, you know, concentrate on, you know, all the horrible things that are happening in the world right now, but also give joy to everybody else in the neighborhood, you know, to see that I'm totally, you know, down with the uh, Halloween spirit and, you know, and all the fun that comes with, you know, the candy and, you know, just enjoying the fall. So, yeah, you know, I'm one for, yeah, I'd rather put up the decorations after Thanksgiving like uh, Disco was talking about. Um, I think that if you want to do it a bit earlier, I'm not going to fault you for that. In the past, I probably would have. But the way that we're facing what seems like the end of times, hey, man, go for it. And, you know, when, when shit gets really bad, like in World War One. And on Christmas Eve, remember when the Germans and the Allied forces stopped fighting in the, their trench warfare? And they came out and they had a makeshift Christmas tree and they decided to celebrate Christmas with each other. And then the following day got back to blowing their faces off. <laughs> I think it's, just, it, it's something very, very soothing and, and very helpful about the human spirit to be able to to focus in on something that is greater than yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's a, that, that is a great visual and a great reminder too, of how complex war is for one. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but man, um, that, that's, that's a great answer, Tom. Um, I'm going to get to a couple others before my discos kind of, unless you have an alibi disco, you kind of told us your answer is after Thanksgiving. Are you changing that because of, of impending doom? Well, no, I, I think other people, hey, that's if that's what you want to do, that's fine, like Tom is saying. For me, my my standpoint is, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, re, you know, Christianity and what our beliefs were earlier. 
you know, uh, my belief is I'm not a part of this world's economy, part of God's economy. So this stuff, yes, it's here, but I'm not going to let it weigh me down. But if you want to do it, go for it. I don't agree with it. So no, unless, hey, but hey, if my wife says, hey, we're putting the tree up tomorrow. Well, I'm going to be putting the tree up tomorrow. <laughs> my wife said, can we put it up yesterday? Um, I said, I said, well, let's talk about it. Um, and she's, she, she pushes back on me because I talk about, I like it's January. I'm like, well, we're getting pretty close to next Christmas. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Drew. But, um, uh, but there was some excitement yesterday. I kind of noticed a change in her temperament yesterday. I think she's ready earlier this year. Not actually yesterday. We didn't do it. Uh, but uh, real quick, some other answers. Jackie says no decorations until two weeks prior. I don't decorate much. That that gives me heart palpitations. Because um, that's only two weeks to enjoy. But I but I know a lot of people who take that stance, and I love Jackie. So whatever Jackie says in this case, we're going with it. Uh, Masshole Patriot, absolutely not. I get my joy from the dog. I do love my dog, too. <laughs> um, I think we're going to stuff Keeper when he's dead. Just keep him around as a, as a memento. Um, he's got a lot I of- love it. Then he can be in the studio with us. Yeah, then we can actually have the Keeper cam without him shedding everywhere. Um, <clears throat> staying salty. We always had real trees. Then I got tired of cleaning up because of the animals terrorizing them. But I broke down and bought a balsam hill tree. Got suckered in seeing all of those beautiful. And then it cut off. Cut off. Um, so uh, Colty says, 100% agree with Disco. You cannot start, excuse me, putting up Christmas trees until after Thanksgiving. We have one in the upstairs living room, one in the downstairs living room, says Andy. I love that. Um, Yes, it's acceptable because I'll set my house up with booby traps like Home Alone gives me more time to prepare. Fun answer from Stan Salty. So I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say, and, and I'm a post typically, so I started off post Thanksgiving. My son's birthday is November 18th. He wanted to decorate. So not all years, but some years we've decorated on his day, you know, which is usually four or five days prior to Thanksgiving. So right in that general Thanksgiving range. Um, I think this year's the 23rd. I forget, but um, but <clears throat> I'm typically in the Thanksgiving realm, and then beyond. I want to enjoy it. I want a solid month. I can't do what Jackie does. I love you, Jackie. I can't do two weeks prior. I need as much Christmas as I can possibly get, <laughs> but within reason, right? I mean, if you decorate in July or you decorate like Britney Spears did a couple weeks ago, while she was high on whatever she was high on, I don't think you really enjoy it. Um. And it kind of loses its thing. But <clears throat> I, I I would say yes. I would say it's okay to decorate a little bit earlier than normal. Whatever normal is for you, because you do. To Tom's point, my whole take on it is it's not just it's not even just the fact that there's war on the horizon and there's, you know, a, a potential Middle East war and there's potential European war and a potential, you know, East Asian war, and there's all the, you know, all that stuff. And we've got an election and we've got a former president who's being charged on all these phony accounts. It's, it, it, it's just find something that makes you happy, make memories with your family. And if, if, if that means you decorate and you say, Hey kids, guess what? We normally don't do this till then we're doing it this week and they go nuts and they remember it and you have a special time and you have some Christmas music playing, you get some cocoa out, some eggnog, some bourbon, some whatever, and you just make it special, like do it. Cause it's all, I mean, honestly, find joy wherever you can. I, I, I don't love Halloween. It's not my favorite thing. I don't dislike it as a kid. Obviously I loved it. 
But I love it for my four kids. I was hanging out with my oldest brother last night. We do it always in their neighborhood, not sexually. We do the 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 trick or treating in their neighborhood, and we're hanging out. And you just look around and you see the kids having fun. And then we get back and we have we sip on some bourbon and the kids are trading their candy and doing stuff together as cousins and family members. It's like this. We need more of this, less of everything else. We talk about shitty news all day long. We see it all day long. And then we spend three hours together every night talking about it. And we need to talk about it. It's important that we talk about it. But you got to you got to find those 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 points of joy and things to be happy There's about. There's got to be balance. There's got to be. There's got to be. So all that to say, if you want to decorate a week early, two weeks early, by all means, just freaking do it this year. And if you want to do it next year, do it because you just don't know what's coming anymore. And you got you to find some things that are positive to latch on to for sure. But with that said, we're going to go into some news overseas, which is not good. If you didn't want to decorate early before, you're going to want to now. Let's get to some world news. Okay, let's do it. By the way, side point, send in questions of the day for the Christmas season slash holiday season to producer at redbeachmedia.com. If you've got a suggestion for a good question of the day that's going to get people interested, have some good conversation, send it in. Just just label it question of the day in the subject line and, and send in your question. Uh, Stan Salty was talking about Hallmark Channel movies. There's probably a good question or two around Hallmark, Hallmark uh, Christmas movies. That come out earlier and earlier by the. You know, speaking of Hallmark movies, there's somebody that's been a guest before on our, on on previous shows that we have, and I think it would be fitting if we brought him back for to discuss Hallmark movies because he used to make them for the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, you talking about? Uh, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Director, writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He Let's had his own studio. And believe it or not, a friend that I'm talking about, I'm I'm sorry for being so cryptic, but we had a friend who was on the show, and he's a, a director, producer, and he used to do three Hallmark movies a year out of a studio, and the Hallmark in the studio was located in Lafayette, Louisiana. He used to film Christmas movies in Lafayette, Louisiana, between the months of May and August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to. We'll, we'll 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 do that. Let's let's make that happen. And then again, if you have questions of the day, Ginger, you missed today's. It was a good one. But send in question of the uh, of the day ideas for the holiday season, particularly for for the month of December or the you know the week of last week of November, the month of December, and we'll put them in the queue and, and get them worked in against produce. I got a at redbeachmedia.com. You got a good one. I got a great idea. Okay, we should have them also submit drinks, holiday drinks that they like to have, and we should have the twelve drinks of Christmas, and we try them out on air. And be like, oh, this one's from Barb. That's a great idea. Let's get you back in studio for those drinks too, so yes. so your audio is better. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's a great idea, Disco. Send in the drinks of Christmas too. <laughs> Disco sounds like you know that 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 megaphone voice you would hear of. 
This is the Red Party talking. <laughs> Come outside and show your allegiance to the government. Yes. <laughs> Come out with your hands up. Don't hurt anybody. Or, or yeah. Um, speaking of hurting people, let's let's talk about war here. Uh, this this is the world news segment that we're doing, but the first clip is actually here from home, where you had. Anthony Blinken, which I'm still mad at him just for his name being Anthony. It's a gay name. It's either Anthony or it's Tony. It's not Antony. Um, that's that's on your parents. I get it. But Anthony Blinken was on the Hill being asked about Hamas funding. And if American tax dollars went into funding the events of October 7th, here was the exchange. Take a look. I think the question I'd like to ask is, Has can you guarantee us that, that no taxpayer money, no U.S. taxpayer money, went to fund the attack that Hamas delivered in Israel on October the 7th. So we have, and we've had uh, from day one, uh, and we'll get, obviously get back to you in, the, in, in response to this letter, a robust monitoring, inspection, uh, verification system for the assistance that goes uh, to uh, any international organization. Uh, no, and including Can you guarantee, though, that U.S. taxpayer dollars didn't go to Hamas to help fund this attack on October the 7th? So. Everything uh, that we're doing in terms of uh, making sure that the assistance is used for purposes for which it's uh, designated, not for other purposes. As I said, we have a robust system in place. Um, can I can I share my concern, this, Mr. Secretary, to be more specific about this? Uh, in May of 2021, I traveled to Israel after the 11-day war. I met with Prime Minister Netanyahu with his national security advisor. They briefed me and my team on the fact that every humanitarian aid dollar, every foreign aid dollar that goes into Gaza is controlled by Hamas. They either direct it, they tax it, or they divert it. They even take pipes intended for the water system for civilians and turn those into rockets that are aimed at, at, uh, at Israel. We've seen Hamas's own videos demonstrating this. So I'm going to come back and ask you, can you guarantee that U.S. taxpayer dollars weren't used on October 7th? What, what, what I guarantee is that um, we take every possible precaution to ensure that these these uh, resources are not diverted. <laughs> Tony, let me help you, buddy. <laughs> the answer is yes. Y-E-S. Our tax dollars went directly into the Hamas terror fund. They just did. Look, American business has always played both sides of war. That's just true. But this is this is one of what we're saying. It's maybe not the first time. But we're seeing this more frequently now where the government, the U.S. government, is actively funding both sides of a conflict. Progressives, both Republican and Democrat, can never be honest with the American about their actual agenda. American population, that is, about their actual agenda. That's why we never get honest answers from our government hacks. For him to sit there and, and look, if it, was, if it was no, he would proudly and boldly say no. But he can't because he knows it's true. He knows that we are. We have funded extremist groups. We have given money back to Iran, who has then given it to Hamas. I mean, there's, there's, there's literally almost no chance in hell that we haven't funded the other side in this. And he's, he's aware of that. And he can't say it. And he hates himself deep down for it because he's a douchebag. Yeah. And, and Democrats... <laughs> For the most part, especially the Obama wing of the Democrat Party, cannot stand Israel or Jews. And so they're going to keep on funding Hamas, Hezbollah, through Iran. That's why, that's why we have all these, you know, unfreezing of funds for Iran. 
so it can continue to fund Hamas, Hezbollah, and get rid of Israel. That's the goal. I mean, it, 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 it's mind-blowing to me. I, it, one of the toughest books I ever read was Dreams of My Father, <laughs> Obama's autobiography. Right. He, 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 Kudos to you, by the way, for reading it. <laughs> he lays it out, man. It, 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 he, it, well, I shouldn't say he lays it out, but if you read between the lines in that book, you can tell what side he's on and you know who he thinks are the good guys and who he thinks are the bad guys and what, what's going on in the Mideast, and especially with, with uh, you know, the, the Muslim countries in, in Israel. Yeah. But for Tony Blinken to come out and say, "Oh, I don't really know," it, they're always the, the the regime is always like, "Well, these are for you know humanitarian funds." Okay, let's just say that they are. You know, that's that's what they're earmarked for. What does Hamas do? They they build their command and control structures under civilian buildings, either a hospital, a school, a refugee camp whatever it is. And so it's like, okay, it's humanitarian funds, and so we're going to build a hospital out of it. But you know what? Underneath the hospital, we're going to put our command and control. And you know what? Under humanitarian funds, we're going to have food, but we're also going to funnel that to the soldiers. And you've, you've heard people from Hamas say, look, that money that's coming in, that humanitarian fund, is for us and the soldiers and the ones who are fighting. Right. The civilians, they need money from the U.N. That's where that money comes from. That's the aid that they need. The money that we're getting from Iran is for our fighters. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. That's how it goes. And, and, and to think anything different, I mean, I guess I'd have to be a shit live on an Ivy League campus to think that, oh, yeah, it's good. You know, all this money that's going to Hamas, you know, for humanitarian assistance, it's, you know, for rice, for pork, well, not pork, um, <laughs> for vegetables, you know, for figs, you know, it, it just the, the, the indoctrination that has happened, it just, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me how, how this happened. I, I never saw this happen, ha- happening in a million years, and all of a sudden, here we are. We have a segment of the population that is, like, is thrown in with the jihad, is thrown in with the dudes that you hunted. <laughs> right. I know. It's really hard. It's really hard living. Uh, it's really hard living in this world in general. It's really hard living in, in you know, understanding what you used to do, who you did it for, and then what they're doing and who they're with now. It's just, it's really confusing for me. Uh, but speaking of people who who do cool shit, um, you know, I got to do cool shit. I don't anymore. I, I love what we do. But but there's now all these reports out, right? Which shouldn't surprise anyone. And yet it always does. It always, it always surprises me when people are surprised that you see reports such as the one that says, we have U.S. operators, special operators on the ground in Gaza trying to track, locate, and rescue American hostages. I mean, I get it. Like, if you, if you, don't, if you don't live behind the curtain, you don't see information, you're not a part of, of, of that world, well, how would you? You don't, you, you don't understand how it all works. You're not supposed to. That's, that's okay. But at this point in time, how is it surprising 
when someone says we have boots on the ground there, even if it's limited in scope and it's special operations, it usually is. It's usually look, usually special operations and intelligence folks are the ones who are there. Sometimes one's there before the other, but they're usually both there in concert with each other. It shouldn't be surprising. Of course, we have freaking <laughs> Delta operators and other special op, you know, folks from JSOC and intelligence uh, communities and agencies, uh, or the intelligence agencies who are on the ground there. That's what that's what they do for a living. You got two carrier groups parked right off the coast, man. Do you think that they're just there fishing? Right. <laughs> right. Or to say, oh, we're in the area, so you guys better not mess up. When we've had, you know, what, 28 strikes on different bases in that area? Yeah. And we've got over 250 hostages, American hostages in Israel. And I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in, in the current government. But I do have faith in, in in certain parts of the military, 100%. and especially you know like in, in you know in the in the the white side and black side, the the counterterrorism dudes and everything. And I'm hoping that their command structure isn't affected by the douchebags and the uh, joint chiefs joint chiefs of staff, and they're able to execute their missions as, as properly as they should. But man, you got to live in a fantasy world, bro. If you really think <laughs> that two carrier groups, all these bases, all these airstrikes against these bases, and we don't have any dudes on the ground in right. Israel. <laughs> well, and even if we didn't have carrier, I mean, there's so many ships in the region off the coast there. But like, even if we didn't, we have, you got to understand, we, there's so many, everyone knows who Steel Team 6 now is and, and Delta is. Everyone knows we have, you know, special operations at the agency. You know, everyone kind of is aware of that and assumes certain things. But assume a little bit more. Assume a little bit more. And then also understand there's there's some groups that you don't even know about. Um, and I'm not going to tell you about because I value my 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 freedom. But like that there even if there weren't carrier groups, there's always shit going on in the shadows. There just is. And it's badass. And those are the people who you love and, and should trust and are always doing God's work, and right now are shooting fucking Hamas terrorists in the face uh, as they look for, for Americans. And they will do the right thing. And leadership has traditionally been better in those organizations. Yes, they respond to the commander-in-chief and the joint chiefs of staff and all of that, but leadership and and certainly the operators in, in those communities are, are, are so good. It's just a different level. There's there's so many levels to everything. Again, people are always saying, oh, this person's a hero, and thank you for your service, and those things are, are well, the, the service part is true, the hero part's not. But but there are, there are some pockets that you guys just don't have any clue how, 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 how it goes and the stuff that happens behind the scenes and the badassery that happens, and praise God that it does, but... Uh, so all that to say, yes, of course, there's people on the ground there and hopefully they do some great stuff. Hopefully, too, because I know for them, that's what they do and that's what they love. Hopefully they're having a blast uh, because this is what they're trained to do. When something pops up around the world, you send in the best of the best and they want to go do it. Go do it. Shoot some terrorists. Hopefully get some American hostages out and hopefully we don't get led into a, a broader world war, which is the concern that we all have here. But um, 
but uh, you, you you see kind of that aspect and you know that the, the point the, the reason that we could get drawn in the, the flip side of that is okay badass keg operators or whoever's there assume it's them um doing good stuff but your your concern is i don't we don't want to get pulled into this war and have this be a huge thing that's that sparks regional world uh war and or world war but it's likely it's likely because of who that that country is in israel the ally that they are because of the tension that they bring because of the hatred that everyone has towards them and another hint that kind of leads us there everyone probably saw today and it's not definitive i don't i don't want to say this to spin people up and 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 be super hyperbolic here and and make it something that's not but when you mix everything together it kind of seems like something and that hint is today as we head towards world war three i'm not laughing on purpose you had uh the marine the marine corps come out and cancel the marine corps ball and i think we've got just a picture of the letter um that we can pop up if we don't that's fine uh yeah i see it there um but you 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 had uh there you go mcphillips the major general of the u.s marine corps commander uh come out drop this letter i'm not gonna read the whole thing but basically it just says hey given everything that's going on the nature of our current mission uh he says it's with it's with great regret that we must cancel this year's event so so think about that centcom is canceling the marine corps ball which should be some I, right tom i would think some form of a red flag to everything to everyone excuse me of everything that is to come the, i i know during COVID the marine corps ball was canceled right but i can't think of any other time in history where the marine corps ball was canceled you know the marine corps ball was, was you know was founded in what 1921 by uh general john lejeune and it, it, it's been it, it's been a proud uh, proud uh, tradition in the Marine Corps, and for that to be canceled, you know, the last time that I was in Afghanistan was 2012, and I was embedded with the uh, Marine Corps working dog team. Okay, and those guys, the, when I left them, I, I got there in July, and I left them in September, and in September they were all talking about the Marine Corps ball. This to every Marine, this means a lot. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And for them to cancel it, I don't I'm not sure if it's just at CENTCOM in Tampa or if it's across the board at every base. I don't know either. That's a good question. That part because you'll have smaller ones too. I mean, we'd even have them, you know, in, in Afghanistan. Usually it would be in Kabul. Right. Um, but where you'd have you'd have the Marine Corps ball light for for folks who could attend in in that particular AO and you'll have them in different you know parts and regions of the world too but but my fear with with this is it was like covid once one city decided to lock down the next city locks down and the next city locks down i kind of feel like if this isn't like across the board that eventually the the you know the the dominoes will start to fall and yeah. it'll be all marine corps balls but to me this is a huge red flag man it is because co look everyone was sheepish and, and caved to all the COVID nonsense 
you, you it shouldn't have happened then especially in the military but you it was kind of anticipated you expected it but now when everyone's on pins and needles like hey are we going to war like what's what's going up here and then you got the <laughs> marine corps commander who's saying oh yeah we're canceling the big party that we do every year that people spend a ton of time and money on to make a big deal because it is a big deal if you're in that community uh it's canceled uh because have you seen what's going on in israel and we're the marine so i mean it, it is it's absolutely i saw it this morning sipping coffee i'm like shit well you got <laughs> marines on those boats 100 that are parked out there yeah thousands and, and, that we know of thousands right yeah so <clears throat> I, I it's it's at minimum here's the deal maybe there's some nuance to it there there always is nothing is ever really super absolute in this world anymore but it, it at 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 first blush and and at a minimum should concern you and kind of put up your radar and your spidey sense a little bit like uh-oh that's not good especially when the you know one of the marine corps mottos is first to go last to know right you know and then all of a sudden their biggest party is being put on hold when the dudes are the first to go last to know it's like hey we're canceling your party uh Something might be up. Return your tux. Yeah. Iron your BD. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, <sighs> staying with the war over there, we've got a sheep smashing Hamas rep who made some promises about more attacks. Here's what the spokesman for the Religion of Peace had to say. Israel لذلك احنا لا نخجل من نقول ذلك بكل قوه انه اسرائيل لازم نادبها وحنادبها مره ثانيه وثالثه ومش هذا حتكون طوفان الاقصى اول مره لا حتكون ثاني وثالث ورابعه لانه احنا لدينا اصرار ولدينا قرار ولدينا امكانيات ان نقاتل نعم. ونحارب لكن كما قلت لك بدنا ندفع ثمن نعم احنا مستعدين معلش بدي اقول لك بشكل واضح احنا اسمنا شعب الشهداء وبنفخر ان نقدم شهداء احنا لا لا نريد ان نمس لا بالمدنيين ولا ان نلحق الاذى بهم لكن اوقات لانه في تعقيدات في الميدان صارت في منطقة موجودة وكان هناك في احتفال وكان في سكان وفي منطقة واسعة ليست سهل على امتداد تقريبا 40 كيلومتر يجب أن ينتهي أن ينتهي وين بقطاع غزة لا بتكلم عنه كل الأراضي الفلسطينية كل الأراضي الفلسطينية يعني زوال إسرائيل آه طبعا وجود إسرائيل غير منطقي وجود إسرائيل هو البخلق كل هذه الآلام والعذابات والدموع والدماء هي إسرائيل مش إحنا إحنا ضحية الاحتلال نقطة آخر السطر لذلك ما حد يلومنا إحنا شو اللي بنعمله في 7 أكتوبر في 10 أكتوبر في مليون أكتوبر إحنا اللي بنعمل مبرر It is justified مبرر Okay so reminder that I need to go back and learn Arabic It's it's rusty for me but there's parts that got picked Such up there Such a pleasant language It is Pleasant <laughs> like the patch of, of hair right here above his brow uh, Or on his brow He had that sort of Gorbachev look at that Was, it, was that hair? That was hair man oh, okay. That was part of his hairline <laughs> Zoom in on that disco That's kind of impressive Like that's not a beauty mark or something That's, that's like a hair spot Whoa. Uh, You guys can't see it yet I'm staring at it that's... I, I, I thought it was like Ash Wednesday for them or something You know with the yeah, he doesn't celebrate Ash Wednesday. Uh, he celebrates murdering Jews and, and, and infidels. Bro, look at that face. Look at the eyebrows. It tell me that's not the face of, I want to murder every fucking Jew I can get my hands on. Well, and, and for those of you who don't speak Arabic, there was, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching it, obviously you saw the, the, the text below of what he was saying. 
But basically what he said is, I am the face of evil, and we fucking loved what we did on October 7th, and we will do it again and again because the Jews are wrong, we are right, and we're just going to keep killing. I mean, he just he doubled down, Hamas doubled down there on everything they did and said that it will happen again because they feel like that is the right thing to do. They feel justified. More slaughter is to come in Israel, is what he said. And America has was we once were at least immune from these crazy bastards through ocean privilege and a border of some sort. <laughs> Don't have that border anymore. Now we've imported enemies to our country. I mean, just look what's going on in our college campuses. I never thought I would see the day. We talked about it earlier, but the fact that they're thrown in with these assholes. Yeah. No, they... You, you, most people see what, what that dude just said, and they see him visually, and they're like, that is the face of evil. I can't believe anyone would think and say out loud, and then, of course, do what they have, have done. And, 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 and the youth across our country, and, of course, the you know, folks who are here who don't love and cherish our country and treasure what our country was, is, and could be, are like, yeah, I'm with that guy. So what? You're, you're with who? But this is what they want, right? This has been the plan all along by Obama and his Marxist revolutionaries. They've, they've been preparing for this moment for decades. And, and here we are. Here we are. And it's, it, I, it's, it's really one of those, this is one of the conversations I had with my brother last night. It's like, how, I mean, how do we get here? And what do we do? And the answer is kind of like, I don't know. I get the question all the time. What do we do? Because you're trained to do this stuff you've hunted bad guys you've done all this stuff what do we do in this situation I'm like i don't know i got four kids we're raising them in a country that was once free and normal and and somewhat reasonable now it's not and and the threats that are out there are are through the roof and the the, the global status is, is i don't know i wasn't trained for all of this i know how to get off a helicopter and go do that shit over there i don't know what to do back here Right. I mean, I, I kind of do. I'm not going to say it, but like, there's a lot. I mean, but there's a lot. This is uncharted territory, but this is exactly the territory that the left has been planning for us for a long time. Yeah. Collapse the country all at once while the whole globe is in disarray. That's the only way that you can have a great reset. And that's what we're on the path for. This is all this is all part of of the grand plan that they had and people like me oh he's a conspiracy theorist you know he you know this will never happen it's happening look at our economy look at the fact that look at look at fuel prices just look at everything it, it's the perfect storm and all of this is self-inflicted we had four years of trump getting us back to you know a foothold where we were starting to make money, we we're starting to save it, things were coming down in price. And as soon as Dickhead got in office, he had to do the wishes of a butthole to make sure that we could get back to this whole collapse. You know, the four years of Trump was, was a sidetrack to what they wanted because yeah. they wanted Hillary to come in and, you know, this, this, this whole collapse should have happened under Hillary when she was president, but Trump screwed everything up. And they're going to vow never to do that again. So now this is their opportunity when America is at its weakest, the world is on fire to totally collapse us because now this is unprecedented. The amount of people that we have pouring in right now, it is just, it's, it's going to be chaos and we're, 
we're right at that precipice. And as soon as it's it, it, all it's going to take is one stiff gust of wind to push us off that precipice and we have the potential of losing everything and nobody's prepared for it no because like you said this is all uncharted territory so the best we can do is just sort of feel our way through it and prepare as best you can and do what's right for you and your family well and honestly just as a reminder on that to um mike says live until you die drew that's all any of us can do amen 100 and that's kind of the way i look at it it's just go hard do the right thing, and then at some point, you know, either you win or you lose that that gun battle. And um, but, but I, I, my one brother was asking last night because he he didn't have the background that I do. He didn't do what I used to do. He, he's he's just you know him. He's my oldest one. He's just a good, well. Nobody worked. has the background that you well, do but, except but, for a handful of people okay. on this planet. Well, but still, but like he's he's just a good dude, right? He's just a good, happy. The, everyone one of the loves most him. positive people I've ever met before in my entire life. Period. Like I mean, you just like to the point where sometimes it's frustrating. It's like, bro, like you need to you need to punch someone or do something. Like I there's, know, it's like Tony Robbins. It's, it's like you know what? We're gonna go get drunk at a bar and get in a fight with a biker. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's do it. But the question was, how much should I have? How much should, you know, how much do we need for, you know, his size family, which is the same size as my family? Like, bro, again, I don't know. Like, you need to have a lot. You need to have a lot because you don't know the twists and turns. You know, if something happens that leads to this, which leads to uncertainty, which leads to chaos and all of that. And then you don't know what the what the next step is. Does, does someone step in as the government, local, state, federal, whatever, step in and fix things where it levels off? Do they not? What does that look like? All I would say is this with, with this, and this is, I, I'm not trying to sound super alarming and all of that, although everything that's going on is alarming. You should arrive there on your own. Is just be prepared. I'm not going to push a product or anything right now. I, that's not the intent of this whatsoever. That would seem cheap and, and, and all of that. Have stuff on hand and hope that you never need to use it. It's, it's the same thing with, I mean, honestly, it's the same thing around here with like hurricanes and stuff. You hope you never have to go into your hurricane bins and do that. But but it's this, this 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 world is so crazy and we have such bad leadership that you've got to be prepared for the worst. And I would just say have 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 food for a month, man. Have food for a month. I mean, I think you need more than that to be honest, but like have a month because what it does is it gives you the ability to breathe, go through the trauma and the stress that's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Like you think explosive diarrhea after eating Ethiopian is bad and comes on fast. Wait till the world collapses around you. You need to have some more food and water and batteries and toiletries. You need to have all that stuff on hand. So just be prepared. And then worst case, you're that person that one of your friends who has no fucking clue how anything works in the world is like, can you believe how much toilet paper or how much food they have stored up in their house? Like, yeah, but who are you going to call when the shit hits the fan? Because you have enough for maybe two days, maybe a week, right? and you're fucked. So just just be smart and have some. I hope I, I, we have a ton of stuff. We don't have enough, and we have a ton. We're so far ahead of most, and we still don't have enough. I hope that we never use any of it. I hope that I throw it all away. Light it on fire. Maybe some of it's explosive. I don't know. I don't think it is. But like... Make fun, you know, have fun with it. But like, I, I hope that that's the case. But you've you've got to be prepared. Please, be prepared. Because here's the deal: for the families, I have a family of six. I have a lot of mouths to feed. 
plus I have Shafi, plus I have a dog, and I have a lot of family members in, in, in town. If the shit hits the fan, and again, I pray that it never does, but if it does, I people who have big family, it, it doesn't matter. It's all relative. It doesn't matter if you're a family of one, a family of two, a family of six, a family of 10. You have the proportionate amount of mouths to feed and butts to wipe that you have to, to deal with. So someone coming in and be like, can I please get some of your food and your stuff? No, you needed to prepare earlier. You just, you need to take care of yourself. You need to come together as a community and help each other and protect each other. And there needs to be community element. I'm not saying just go and isolate yourself, but you've got to have the ability to protect yourself, take care of yourself and then say, okay, now how can we collectively come together? And, and yes, there should be some sharing and some bartering and some stuff like that. But man, the, the, the people who are going to be screwed the most are the ones who are like, oh, well, I'll just talk to, to Jimmy or Johnny. They'll, took, they'll take care of me. Jimmy or Johnny are going to be struggling to take care of themselves. It, it, it's going, if, if it gets to that point, it's going to be way fucking worse than any of you think. And you, you just have got to be prepared. Prepare for yourself. Don't, in, don't anticipate someone's going to come save the day. Because they're not. They're not. Our government? <laughs> yeah. No. Our government or, or even friends. I mean, again, yeah. like, I mean, I, I you, you know, I'll, I'll for, for Tom and Disco, it's like, and my brothers, it's like, I'm going to do what I can for you, but I don't, I only have so much. So right. everyone needs to be, if, if, if I'm helping you, then we all just die faster. So, like, everyone just needs to be prepared. Um Salty's getting more ammo. Get more, you know, all of that stuff. You've got to have that. By the way, ammo is going to be currency. It it absolutely will. We're going to have that t-shirt coming out, by the way. Um, I, I will gladly go through the rest of my life, people making fun of me, calling me a prepper and this and that and everything, if I never have to use it. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly make that trade any day of the week. Yeah. But like you said, when it comes down to it, you know, now, even now, my kids used to make fun of me for like being a prepper or whatever. But now my daughter, she has totally like changed her tune. She's like, so, you know, if things do go sideways and I'm like, I got you, don't worry, you know, just either I'll get to you or you get to me and everything will be fine. Right. Just, you know, we've got our plan in place and, you know, everything that goes with that. But up until Biden became president, she never had that thought a day in her life. And now when she starts seeing what's going on and just sort of this small little chipping away of everything, she's like, ooh, <laughs> the old man might be onto something. He might not be the big a lunatic that I, that I think he is. You know, all this talk about him being the white warlord of the Everglades might actually come true. <laughs> what is that? The white warlord of the Everglades? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I freaking love it. Uh, I've, I've had, I've had family members make fun of me. Like when I bought, you know, the, the, you know, the buckets of food and stuff. And like, why are you doing that? Like in case the society it. and everything goes under and they just start laughing like, hey, and I'm like, you live in Florida too. And you, you like, it's sitting like a hurricane. Well, yeah, it'll just be a couple of days and everything. We turned back on. No, no, no. You don't understand. <laughs> like this world war three happens. Nothing's getting turned back on folks. Sorry. 
Well, and it doesn't have anytime to be soon. World War Three. It can be. I know. I, I, your point is right. I know what your your point is. But for others, like it doesn't have to be that. You get a bunch of unrest if if you get George Floyd riots on steroids, which is hard to even imagine. With an EMP attack. You, any of that stuff, and and it is utter chaos. I I always hearken back to the DC sniper case. Look at how, and that was regional, right? But like, look at how it just broke that region. Everyone was on lockdown. They were fear. They were in fear. They were scared. You know, you you work in that, and then you blend in COVID stuff, and you couldn't get toilet paper or meat or eggs because the supply chain shutting down. If there's mass pandemonium, oh, uh, what's the supply chain? <laughs> we just learned about it six <laughs> years ago, or Joe Biden just did. We we've known about it forever. But if there's if there is chaos. The supply chain starts to take a hit, and that's where it happens. So it doesn't have to be all. I don't think there's going to be all-out war on U.S. soil. I hope that I'm. I hope that I'm wrong. I, I'm right. But like, but it doesn't take that. It takes chaos. It takes COVID on steroids. It takes George Floyd on steroids. It takes combination. It takes lone wolf terror attacks happening. All of those things, and everyone gets scared. The supply chain supply chain breaks down. People start flipping out. People start hurting each other because they're scared. And all of a sudden, it's you've, you, you've just got absolute pandemonium. That's what you've got to prepare for. I, maybe an EMP attack may, happens. Maybe some of that stuff happens. I, don't, I, don't, I, I am concerned about that, 100%. I'm concerned about an attack on, 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 on infrastructure and power in other ways, too. But it doesn't even need to get to that level for everything to go fucking bananas. All it takes is 48 hours, no water. Yeah. Then shit changes like you wouldn't believe as rapidly as as the sun rises. Yeah. It, people will go back to the, uh, barbaric savagery. They will. They will. And, and, and you almost can't. I mean, they shouldn't, but you almost can't blame them because where are we going to go, right? If that happens and there's mobs everywhere and there's people coming for supplies that they need to take care of their baby to take care of their their children, to take care of their spouse, whatever. That's just that's just what happens. All of a sudden, you're like, "All right, fuck it, we're gonna take the Johnson's refrigerator tonight." <laughs> like, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's where it's gonna go. That's where it's gonna. It sounds so ridiculous in America, but I'm telling you, that's 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 the kind of stuff that will happen long before any kind of war ever happens. Uh, on on american soil it's going to be that that kind of stuff where you're just defending your own you're defending your property your kids and you're fighting to have have what you need and 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 i i, I freaking hate it but speaking of fighting staying with part of the reason that we might face this is war and stuff that's going on overseas so um when when disco's ready let's get that tweet up there um has uh hamas obviously the the focus of of attention you know the, the the focal point right now for israel but after that there's this report that came out today which is not surprising again it's, it's as unsurprising as the fact that we have american operators on the ground operating in gaza but you've got this report here that says breaking israel will turn full attention to hezbollah after hamas so th- look guys they they they're gonna have to do this this is going to be part of what happens there's already some fighting there's always been excursions on the northern side of the israeli state they will have to eliminate the threat from hezbollah against uh israel on on that northern border but right now they're obviously primarily focused on on gaza and eliminating uh hamas but you you that that is something that's going to happen which means further further war that's happening, right? You've you've got 
you've got Iran backing all of these people, Iran instigating not just in Israel and, and the surrounding areas, but the entire region. But you're going to have this happen, which means you're pulling in war. You're, you're, you're destabilizing Lebanon. You're going to have different lines drawn. You're going to have all of this happen. And, and that is one of the biggest things with all this. Every little minute thing, anything from minute to big that happens in this war that's going on right now between Israel and Palestine is you get some big state actor, some mid-tier or even small-tier actor. We've got a small-tier actor we'll talk about here in a second, but you get them to draw lines and choose sides. And then and then what happens? It gets bigger. Right. It spreads. Because right now, Israel, for all practical purposes, is playing a home game with Hamas, right? Right. And now you bring in Hezbollah, that becomes an away game. And that has all different ramifications because now you're dealing with Lebanon, which is its own country. Right. And you got the Hezbollah dudes firing rockets into Israel and then Israel wanting to return fire and have it, you know, it, you know, in Lebanon, you know, being an autonomous country, if you want to go in and root out Hezbollah like you're doing Hamas, that means an incursion to a foreign country. Yeah. Where does that leave? That leaves you almost in an all-out war now with Lebanon, right? Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Well, and think about this, too. I mean, you've got... <laughs> I mean, what, okay, let, let, let me ask you this question. So, if for some reason, uh, Joe Biden decides that um, the Sinaloa drug cartel is a terrorist organization and we're going to go after them. And so we start firing rockets into Mexico. And Oberdor is like, hey, man, cut the shit. We don't want that. You know, we, there hasn't been too many civilian casualties, but there's been a few. And then all of a sudden Biden decides, you know what? We can't get these motherfuckers. So we're going to send troops into Mexico to go get them because they're a terrorist organization. Does that mean that Mexico is now going to go award with the United States? I got to think, you know, it's an incursion. You're, you're, you're sent, the, if the United States sends in troops into Mexico, that's an invasion right. of foreign troops. I would have to think that, that Lebanon would feel the same way yeah. about Israeli troops crossing their border to go get these guys. Absolutely, because even though, and people will say, well, uh, the Mexican government's so corrupt. Yes, they are. They're, they're involved with the Sinaloas. Yeah, they're involved with all of them. Now, the Lebanese government, at some point, you know, even if they're not, like, taking money or giving Hezbollah money, they're turning their back. That's being in bed with them. It, it, exactly. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great parallel or great, you know, thing that you're describing here. And I, they absolutely would feel that way because they don't want a foreign power or entity entering their country on their soil. That could potentially hurt innocent civilians of theirs. Yes. Because unlike our country, most countries have borders and care about the health and well-being of their citizens. <laughs> of their citizens. Yes, very much unlike ours. Uh, you're so right there. But... But it is, and and I mean, this is a spot too. I mean, people, look at look at the um, the. Why can't I think of the, the the cards here? I don't I don't do them. The um, something cards that tell you the tarot future. cards. The tarot cards. Like, look at them. We've we've told American citizens get out of Lebanon, get a get a commercial flight while you still can. 
get out of Lebanon. We can't promise because we're the U.S. government. We don't really take care of our people that well anymore. We do send people in, yes, but we can't do it in mass. Get out while you can out of Lebanon. Everyone is warning. You've had warnings on the Israelis in Turkey, warnings from Americans in Lebanon, warnings from, you know, it's just happening all over the region. And it's not happening just for shits and gigs. People aren't like, just like, well, just go ahead and tell them to move. Tell them to leave because fuck it. Maybe something like, no, they know what's going on. They can see what world leaders are doing. They can see what Erdogan is saying in Turkey. They can see what the, the you know, the, the Abdullah is saying in Jordan. We got some Jordan news coming up here in a little bit. They can see all of that stuff. So you, you got to see this thing escalating and and going up. Speaking of escalating, this is this is not a massive escalation, but it's not a de-escalation. You had you, you had a the Yemenese spokesperson, spokesnut, whatever we're calling him, spokesnut, spokesnut. Let's go, spokesnut. I, well, listen to this motherfucker. Yeah, because <laughs> th- let's listen to what he had to say. Take roll the clip. <laughs> بإطلاق دفعات كبيرة من الصواريخ البالستية والمجنحة وعدد كبير من الطائرات المسيرة على أهداف مختلفة للعدو الإسرائيلي في الأراضي المحتلة إن القوات المسلحة اليمنية تؤكد أن هذه العملية هي العملية الثالثة نصرة لإخواننا المظلومين في فلسطين وتؤكد استمرارها في تنفيذ المزيد من الضربات النوعية بالصواريخ والطائرات المسيرة حتى يتوقف العدوان الإسرائيلي. <laughs> okay. So Disco's got a comment. <laughs> so so my screen's real small. I couldn't read the uh, subtitles, but that didn't sound like we must have peace. Let's all stop fighting. Just no, going off the tone ex- of his voice. <laughs> he's excited. Joe Biden's giving money to to. Uh, to our enemies and he's like i'm getting in it i mean that guy right there so in america we have mouth breathers right people who are just weak ass bitches who who breathe through their mouth and it's just just uh they're the worst i i i it's the worst portion of society huh? Huh? <laughs> just like that huh? but they're weak right they're so huh? weak and 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 what i would qualify him as is 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 a, is a mouth breather yes but also a thigh rubber because you get these weak ass bitches over there, and I've had to meet with a lot of them. A lot of them have gotten really close to my genitalia over the years, and they sit there, and you're having a meeting, and you're trying to get something out of them, elicit something from them, take something from them, whatever, because that's just how it goes. And then eventually they get real excited, and they're like rubbing the thigh, and it's like, hey, bro, you're getting, hey, Haji, that's that's my penis. They want to see if it moves. That's that, and they get really <laughs> close. But but he he was a weak he was a weak one too. But you've got Yemen, who's now declared war, and it's really the Houthis, but who's declared war on Israel, and and it's just again it's just escalating things. Meanwhile, as that's happening, as Turkey and Erdogan are are, are doubling down and saying we could invade at any point during the night, as if that's not threatening. You have all these countries doing this. You've got America telling Israel to chill the fuck out. You've got them not not going hard on on anti-Semites here in America. 
you've you've I and mean, you've got people everywhere calling for a ceasefire and and we're we're among them frankly and partly for operational partly because we're bitches telling 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 israel hey calm down but it's not going to happen guys and, and and honestly put yourself in the shoes of israel i know some of you don't care about this issue i know some of you aren't necessarily pro-israel or pro-hamas you're just kind of like whatever but if you were israel and all this was happening and as it's happening you've got folks from hezbollah and lebanon firing rockets at you and missiles you've got folks from yemen firing them at you you've got other countries leaders in the region saying we might attack you at any time because you know what fuck you like what would you do you would say all right guardrails up you guys are going in there you're going there we're getting everything fired up and ready to go to war because apparently that's what's happening. Just weeks ago, 1,400 plus civilians were killed. Hundreds of, I mean, what would you do? You would do the same thing. Yeah, you would absolutely do the same thing. And Israel's always lived in a rough neighborhood, but they knew that the United States always had their back up until Joe Biden got into office. And, you know, I don't want to what happened on October 7th sucks and horrible horrible terrorist attack that happened and there needs to be retribution but by the same time by by the same token BB wasn't in like the best graces with the country you know so you know does 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 Israel, you know, I'm sure a lot of the Israeli citizens have the stamina and the belief to go through with this fight, but is Bibi really, truly the best person for this fight? I don't know. Yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes the fight chooses you, and, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll step up to the fight. And I'm hoping in this instance that not only is he going to be a fighter, but he's also going to be a peacemaker. And and I don't know if he can make peace in, in, or what that looks like, but that would be the ultimate goal. If you can eradicate Hamas as quickly and as efficiently as possible, that would be a great step to peace, I would think. Or is that just going to escalate it? But but how do you... I mean, that's the thing. Like, how do you do that? Like, I, I see what you're saying, but there's no clean end you can say we got rid of their operational centers we got rid of training camps we got rid of uh like we did in Afghanistan. yeah but you can't say that they're gone i mean no. if, if, if if three months six months help if five years from now israel says we have eradicated hamas it's not true you can't do that because you know what hamas is it's not really a group it's an ideology so even if everyone from hamas and their children decided hey we're not you killed dad we're not gonna but i'm not gonna get involved in hamas and come and fight you i'm just gonna move on with my life even if that happened I mean, you just can't say that it just it's, that's the that's the trouble with this right and and it's the same thing with us in the global war on terror we're fight you know we're fighting al-qaeda and isis and al-shabaab and all these different groups and 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 folks in yemen and folks in syria and and you name it it never really ends and I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing because none of us are for forever wars, but 
I, I, I'm just telling you, it never ends in extremism because I've seen it. I lived it. Most of my adult life was fighting extremists. And, and then for the ones who survived, interrogating some of them. And you see that. And, and you see some of them come through. And you find out why they're doing it. Why they're doing it is because some of my colleagues years ago killed their father. And, I, and they should have. And I'm glad they did. But, like, but it perpetuates the, the whole thing. So you can't point being is you can't ever you can say we said we defeated the taliban right we said we eradicated uh al-qaeda from from afghanistan when it first happened and and that's true in a sense but you cannot eliminate it because the 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 way these jihadists look at it and 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 the way their ideology is is we are the great satan in the west and then you exacerbate that and perpetuate that by killing their family members. And, and like I would, too, and you would, too, if you were in their situation. They're on the wrong team, but you would want vengeance. And, and the cycle just never ends. So all that to say, if you're BB, yes, he needs this war in terms of political stake. But you can't, you can't eradicate Hamas and Hezbollah. It's not going to happen. So why do you... Uh, what do you think the difference between like what you're talking about, like not eradicating them and them always coming about? And I think I know the answer to this question, but I want to get your opinion on it. After World War II, we were able to er er eradicate Nazism to a certain degree, fascism in Italy, uh, imperialism with China or with those ideologies. How come those were easier, easily not easily, but easily easier crushed than radical Islam. Is it because one's a, a governmental ideology and the other one is a religious ideology? Is is that the factor, or is there something else? I mean, personally, I think so. I think two things. I think one, you know, <clears throat> those those were were government powers at the time pushing a a mindset or a or an agenda or, or whatever you want to call it. And those people were defeated, so it dies. But I also don't think they really died, right? I mean, you you see Nazis all over the world who are, they're not necessarily prevalent, but they're there. You've got communism everywhere. You've got all these things, but it is different because uh, you, you see a jihadist and you see people who view the West and it's not that we have disagreements and if we can't agree on this, then we'll fight. It's no, no, no. We are going to kill you whether we whether you want to have peace or not. That's that's our goal. We will send our sons and daughters to die. Like we will send them with a suicide vest on and have them clack off in a shopping mall. And that's how they play the game. You just can't defeat. I mean, it's, you can defeat it, but you can't end it. You can't eradicate. You can't eradicate it. It's just always there. And, and, and then the problem becomes like I'm saying, OK, cool. Hey, we found this guy. We kicked this door down and we killed him. Or, hey, we found this guy and we used to pred strike and killed him and whoever else that was there. Cousins, family members, sons, daughters, it continues on. It never really ends. And as someone who used to be in that and kind of relished that, if I'm being honest, like, hey, this is great because this is good for business. This is fun. This is what we get to do. We get to go hunt these guys and then we make more of them and then we get to hunt those guys. And you just hope that we keep on the winning front of it all. It also, it, it's when you step out of it and then you also realize like I have and so many others have like crap. Some of the stuff we did wasn't for the right reasons. I had fun doing it. 
We did some amazing stuff. I'm not downplaying or discrediting what we did in the global war on terror. Amazing stuff was done. I'm not saying that as a pat in the back either. I'm saying corporately, there was amazing stuff done. But you, you, some, some, I mean, not all of it's just. And you kind of see why they do. I mean, if someone killed your father in front of you, or even if it wasn't in front of you, you would want vengeance. And it would be hard to find any fault in that. Let me ask you this. Do you think that man's natural state, is it being at war or being at peace? I think the, the desire is to be at peace, but I think everyone's natural state's at war. I mean, think about it. We're, I mean, we're at war every day on the show. Even just in verbally speaking here with our own kind, because we want peace, but there's always someone who doesn't want peace. So then you're always, whether it's verbal or physical or emotional or ideological, you're always doing something and you that that's how you find yourself and then you you put ourselves in the situation of of 2023 whereas you always say tom everyone's walking around at an eight and i think the number's going up like oh dude it's at a solid nine it's at a right solid now. nine right now <laughs> yeah. everyone's just ready to fight and i look i am too i'm not even judging anymore like i'm ready to go you got a different idea okay i got an idea how about you go fuck yourself like this like Either you 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 are on board with good and just ideas, or you're not, and and then and then people agree. Well, what's good and just? Your good and just is wrong. So I mean, everyone's just there. So I mean, I I to answer your question, I think ideally most people do want peace. I certainly do, and I've seen not peace. But and, man's nat natural state would be at war. Then is conflict because we're broken ass humans. It's all. I mean, think about. It. I mean, just on a judgmental sense. You're, you're always looking for, it might not be war, it might be just gossip. It might be drama, but it's something because everyone fuels that. Whether you're sitting around at a happy hour, or you're playing bingo at a nursing home or whatever, it's can you believe what Gertrude wore yesterday? <laughs> everyone just does that, right? You're all, everyone is 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 in that, that mode and it shouldn't be, but it's, it, at the end of the day, the root is, is we're all broken, fallen human beings. And I think that's why I would have to say we're in that state of war, wanting peace, but incapable of getting there because we're stupid. It's uplifting. Um, <laughs> but OK, so it, it, what would it take for you to maintain that state of peace? And you can't change everybody all at once. But if, it, if it's just for one person, what would be what would be not really a magic bullet? What, what would be the path to maintain that state of peace within yourself. Someone giving me like a lot of apricot kolaches. <laughs> apricot kolaches. I love kolaches. They're so good. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I give up. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I feel like there's increasingly less answers, but the answers are, I see Britney Spears on my preview screen, um, who's just not as, she's just not as attractive. It, she's less, less attractive on drugs than she was off drugs. You on, know, you know, I got guys. three clips that'll keep you solid into that. <laughs> I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> you still think she's attractive? Well, I think she's a bit more attractive on drugs. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, table that. We'll come to that in a second. <laughs> real quick, just real quick, just to button this up. Egypt came out and, and has stationed tanks and armored vehicles near the Rafah border crossing into Gaza to prevent Palestinian refugees, something that they've long done. They've, they've not, not the tank part, but they've long not wanted them in their country. And they've done this. They've positioned all these people. Uh, Jordanians to, don't want Palestinians. Right. Any of the bordering Lebanon. None, none of them want them. They never have. And now you've got Egypt who's put tanks there saying, we're not coming in because they see that they would be a menace. And they literally said this. Here, put this tweet up. Egypt's prime minister said the country is prepared to sacrifice millions of lives to ensure no one encroaches upon its territory. Its territory meaning Egypt. Let me say that again. Egypt's prepared to murder a million Palestinians to prevent them from infiltrating their country. That's a big statement. And it's a big statement in its own right. Another red flag. Another red flag. That just means this is going to escalate. It just is. It means these aren't the folks you want in your country. Because what happened with Palestinians in Qatar was they organized. They started whipping everybody up into a frenzy. They started going to their mosques. They started talking all their revolutionary bullshit. And as much as I dislike the government of Qatar... They they ejected all the Palestinians out of their country, even though they're the primary funders for the Palestinians. They're like, hey, man, you guys fight the Jews because that's our common enemy. But we hate your guts and good luck to you. And you can have that little sliver of land until we decide you can't have it anymore because it was never really yours to begin with. And we're going to kick your asses out of there. And that's not going to be yours because that's prime beachfront property. And you motherfuckers aren't going to get it because we all hate you because you were this nomadic tribe just kind of like barreled around that area. And then when Israel was carved out after World War Two. We had decided, you know what? You're going to be the Israelis' primary nemesis, and we're going to prop you up. We always hated you. We always thought of you as being dirt people, and we're going to give you guns because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting, kind of on that threat. So you've got Egypt say, I mean, everyone in the region has, has long said, you're not welcome here. You've got Egypt who said, we're willing to kill a million to ensure that not one of you comes here. But then Jordan, who's not one of them either, to come across. They don't want Palestinian refugees. Uh, you, you had them recall their ambassador this week, to, today in fact, saying that it would, it would immediately recall its ambassador to Israel uh, in protest at the war against Gaza's Hamas rulers, um, which obviously all happened in the last couple of weeks in response to what happened on you, October 7th. You really want to piss off Palestinians? Refer to Gaza as Judea. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they said Jordanian's foreign minister, Ayman Safadi, uh, decided to immediately recall Jordan's ambassador to Israel, adding that the, the move is to, quote, condemn the Israel war that is killing innocent people in Gaza. So this is a fascinating, it's not, I mean, it isn't, it's not, but you've got Jordan who will not take anyone in who's saying we're taking our ambassador out though, because we don't think what you're doing to Gaza is right. That's, that's quite the political uh, ploy that's going on here. We won't take any of your people. We don't want, we don't want to agree publicly with Israel killing them because we're not necessarily on the side of Israel. You still can't come here 
but we're pulling our ambassador. Also, by the way, your, our ambassador is probably in danger. So we're going to, it's, it's just so interesting. Like it's, it, everything about this, everything that's happening is not about the statement that was actually made by Jordan. Yeah. Like we're calling it this. It's actually this, 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 and this. <laughs> right. We don't want you. Right. <laughs> we're, you know what? Hey, like, like I said, the, all the neighboring countries are like, this is our enemy. We hate you. You're the lesser of the two evils, and we'll, you know, we'll fund you, we'll prop you up, we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you kill our enemy because we don't want to get our hands dirty because the last time that we did it, we got our asses kicked. So we're going to use you as the cannon fodder and go in there and best of luck to you. Right. But don't you fucking dare of thinking of stepping onto our property, you fucking grotesque, dirty bastard Palestinian. We don't want you. That's what that's what they're saying. That's not me saying it. That's what these countries are saying to the Palestinians. Yeah. No, 100% it is. It just is. And it needs to be paid attention to. I mean, this, this, there's, there's, there's just, I mean, it's, it's all concerning. There's so much going on with this, and, and everyone's concerned, and, and rightly so. I just think it's fascinating, you know, and I hate to belabor the point about how much of that region hates Palestinians. Yeah. And all of a sudden we have all our kids, all these little shit lib kids who live, you know, go to Ivy League schools who live in cul-de-sacs are now throwing in with these people who are hated by the own their own folks in their own neighborhood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, it is. It's 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 kind of perfect. Yeah, a light should come on somewhere saying, "Hey, they might not be the most rational people to throw in with." Yeah, but they're not, that light's never going to come on, Tom. <laughs> no. It's not. It's not coming on. Can we do a quick? Um, I, I want to just button things up for the night. By the way, hit that like button if you have not already. Make sure you're subscribed on this channel, particularly if you're over here on Rumble. Uh, rumble.com forward slash Drew Berkowitz. Make sure you subscribe so you get notified when we come in. Uh, but please do hit that like button. But uh, I want to just hit on a couple last things before we go for the night because we are going to go for the night here soon. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be great. Can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're, I think we're really close. Next week could be the week that we bring in the, the, the pre-show tailgate, booze and banter. Uh, more on that tomorrow. But um, we talked about Tony Blinken earlier. Ugh. I know, so gross. And unfortunately, he procreated and has children. But he he decided, and I want to move on from this quick, because I honestly, I don't want to talk about it. But I, I want to say enough about it, at least that it's mentioned. He he decided to dress his son as guess who for the White House <laughs> Halloween party. He dressed his kid as Vladimir Zelensky, America's 51st governor of Ukraine. It's, I mean, it's not surprising at all. And then his daughter is in a, I'm not going to say anything mean about his daughter because she looks like a cute little girl. It's not her fault that she was born out of the, the vagina of Anthony Blinken's wife. But th that's, that is so bad. Oh, it's, it's horrible. And plus, it's one of the lamest costumes ever. All it is is, is is a green sweatshirt. Right. You know, I'm sure that kid wanted to dress up like, you know, a not a Power Ranger, but that's something much. else. Yeah, at anything, least something else. else. Yeah, and th this was all just you know a political ploy, and I feel really sorry for the kids. 
um, because their dad's a shitbag, and and he's just using them as a political puppet. And you could tell by the, you know, I'm sure it's just one photo, but that kid looks really fucking bummed that he had to go as Zelensky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the only thing that, it, you know, that, that I can say positive about that is the kid is the same height as Zelensky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being the kid, though? Who am I? I no, I, I want to go as this dad. Who am I going? I can't, Who's Vladimir? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be Darth Vader. I want to be, you know, a, a pumpkin. I want to anything. Anything. Yeah. When I saw the spelling of who I was going to be, I thought it was Lord Voldemort from uh, Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he probably did. I mean, uh, it's just really sad, man. It's just really pathetic and sad. Well, so a couple of days, this clip is a couple of days old, but remember Tiffany Gomez, the hot chick who was on the plane who said that motherfucker's not real oh, yeah. and then got hotter as she put out new videos. Maybe it's her, maybe it's not. It's kind of confusing. Tom, I know you think it's not her, but she's got a big social media presence now. This is not her. This is a person who's not, and I'm not trying to be mean to this person either, not nearly as cute as Tiffany Gomez. Tiffany Gomez is, is, is significantly cuter than this person. But here's the question. She dressed up as Tiffany Gomez for Halloween, went to a party, and did the whole stunt to, obviously, for this very moment, for people to talk about it and discuss it. But I got to ask, watch this clip. Do you think she did Tiffany Gomez well? Let's discuss it after we watch. I am telling you right now, that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real. She demolished it, man. She nailed it. Killed it. She did. She nailed the vocal inflections. That's everything. What, that's what, and that's what got me. Like I, I, I saw the still before I saw the image. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, you're wearing the right outfit, but like. And look, impersonating someone and, and trying to look exactly like them is tough. You can't just do it. Like, if I want to try and look like Michael Jackson, I can't do it. If I want to look like Samuel L. Jackson, better analogy, I can't do it. Um, but but she she got close. She's she's not as cute as Tiffany, but she 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 had the look. But then I watched it, and the inflection to your point, Tom, in her voice, the tone. All of it, I was like, oh, my gosh, girl, you nailed it. You it, nailed it. Especially when she hesitated with that that motherfucker. Yeah. That point, yeah. it was like, oh, girl, you got me now. Yeah. No, it, it, it was really impressive. I'd like to get both her and Tiffany Gomez on the show. We'll get them on the couch here. We'll put them on the casting couch. We can't call it that, according to HR, but whatever. Um, Harvey Weinstein killed that. Yeah, he really did. Thanks a lot, Harvey. Selfish little bitch. Um, That's what happens when you have ugly guys in charge. The it is. dudes that are fucking ugly as sin who never get laid, they always abuse their power. Well, he I mean, he didn't and then he did a lot, but but for the <laughs> wrong reasons. Um So we've shown we've shown a lot of Britney lately. How many do we have, Disco? Good talk. Um so we've shown a lot of Britney lately, and we've got a little bit more Britney here because you know she's done all of her night. Sorry, my my headphones. Sorry, my headphones literally just died. Uh, we have three clips. Okay, let's just show them in succession, and then we'll talk about. It. Are they all the same outfit? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, let's still show them. Well, no, let's not let's not do them in succession. Let's do one at a time. One at a time. 
one, go. That that was about a week before uh, Halloween, by the way. Okay. As we referenced earlier, note that the Christmas tree was already up well well before Halloween. This uh, was on the 31st, this next one. Okay, here's Halloween, Brittany. Same song. What is in her dress? It's her dog. But what's her dog? What's the, is that the blue part, the dog, too? No. Well, like, well like, if you zoom in on her right breast, what is that? It's just her bra. Yeah. Okay, so she has a bra on. Okay. Yeah, because that's a seat the top. Dude. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I think we could see Brittany going see through. Her hair looks longer. Are those extensions? Oh, Must be. they got to be. be. Okay, next one. We got a third one. Then we'll talk about Brittany's well-being. So this one, make sure you look in the background to see what's in the background. By the way, too. Okay. Stripper pole? Is that what you're referencing? Yes. Yes, that's what I was referencing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's her gym that she's burned down twice with candles. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's my kind of girl. Um. So she, I mean, clearly still just needs some help. Needs Needs a little bit of help. Yeah, you know, this whole conservator thing that she was going through with her dad, I... In the beginning, I was like, ah, Brittany's an adult, man. She's, what, 40 now? Come on. Leave her alone. Yeah, the dad's trying yeah. to siphon. But now it's like, you know what? Don't leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Spears, Tom Cunningham speaking directly to you. I am really sorry at the position that I had taken about you in your uh, conservatorship over your daughter. Clearly, you had your best, her best interest at heart. Yeah. I, 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 that's where I am too. I, I was, I, I, you know, I, I was wrong decades ago on the Patriot Act. I've been wrong on several things throughout my life. And I was definitely wrong on, on conservatorship for, for Brittany as well. Yeah. Um, I agree. AJ DeNovo asks over on Rumble, who deserves a shot of bourbon more, Zelensky or Biden, Blinken or Ray? I would say none of them deserve the sweet brown nectar of bourbon. Yeah. Um, None of them get anything yeah. except for coal in their stock. Yeah. Maybe a pineapple rammed up their butthole. I don't know. Actually, you know, the, the, they don't even deserve coal because they don't want coal. Oh, that's true. It's true. Yeah, they're they're opposed <laughs> to coal. Well, maybe that's why you give it to them. The, the, all these Britney videos, I mean, they kind of, in a weird way, they turn of, you on, don't they? Kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to watch that show Intervention and kind of get turned on, you know, especially when they would like feature cutters and stuff. I know that's weird. <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that out loud. Say say you're att attracted to Britney and her weird videos. Don't don't go to the next level. Well, well, but, Tom, I'm glad that you're here. Drew and I have been meeting to talk to you about your obsession with Britney Spears. This is the intervention. I know, but um, I, always, I always look at, at like people like Britney and the people on Intervention. It's like, God, I wish I just could crawl into the TV and help you. 
because you, you're very attractive. And I know through like that smearing mascara and some of the mess sores and everything and those horrible cuts on your arms and in your pelvic region that, you know, we could, we could go through some plastic surgery and you, you know, I can nurse you back to health. A call to Brittany from Tom. <laughs> um, I feel like I, I just I was a part of something we all were. So strange. In the arms of the yeah, do we have Sarah McLaughlin? We've already gotten hit for for licensing. I mean, on this, no doubt, with Britney's songs. Um, so I, I want to pivot to something. Let's skip ahead to, to the the last. I just want to touch on one thing before we go here, and and we'll end on this rosy note. Um. But there was a there was a story that came out this week, and maybe you saw it. It was in a couple spots. But you know, the the when the government claims something, obviously, I I, I know I'm speaking to a smart audience. We're so glad you're here, um, and we're so glad that you are smart. But by the way, wisdom from Magellan: don't stick your schmeckle in crazy. That is that's that's the kind of wisdom we give around here. Um, Magellan, I. I, I... I'm telling you, crazy sex is the best. <laughs> Even though, you know, it, it, like three days, three, four, five days down the road, all your shit's going to be on fire and on the front. And lawn. you might be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when the government tells you something, obviously you question it more and more uh, by the day. And there was this report that came out. And when I first saw it, I, I, got, I, I got to be honest, I knew it was bogus to a certain extent. But when I first saw it, I was like, that's maybe positive. I'll look into it because it's maybe positive. But you saw this that came out. This this is a tweet from Insider Paper here, but it was in multiple publications. And it said that U.S. military suicides were down in 2022 from the previous year. Obviously talking about last year, but down from 2021. And you're like, well, that's good because everyone hears about the 22 a day and it's ridiculous and it shouldn't happen and it's sad and it's awful and okay, it's down, but whatever it's down to, it's still too high. And that's a that's the right and smart sentiment too. But here's the thing. This has been pushed out. First of all, it's been forgotten forever. It's not addressed nearly enough. It is one of the biggest issue is 100% the fact that our country has abandoned God. I stand by that firm and will not abandon that. But I'm one, in of, agreement. one of the biggest issues after that, certainly a top five issue in this country is we abandon our veterans. We abandon the people who have served, and they're not all military veterans, people who have served our country and done God's work uh, abroad and, and even at home, um, but particularly abroad. But is it, it, that's just a massive problem for us, right? And it leads to, it leads to so many issues. And, and thank God there are some great organizations out there, Code of Vets and what Gretchen Smith and them are doing that, that do stuff. OpFob is a great, well, there's so many that are doing great things, but it's a massive issue. We have homeless vets. We have vets who are, always on the verge of suicide because of mental health issues, physical health issues, financial issues, uh, just uh, all of it, all of it together. But this thing get, gets pushed out there this week, and it's pushed out very much as a talking point. And, and you know it's a talking point because, one, you know nothing's being done to actually address it. But, two, what is conveniently left out of this report is the fact that recruitment numbers are down, and that the overall size of the military is down, which helps the overall figure of, of suicide rates. Because when you do it and then you dive into the story, and even some of the stories that had a similar headline to that one there where they're down from 2022, and then you read throughout the articles, and of course it's buried because collectively, I don't know where it is now, but collectively speaking, just for how this is also damning for America, 
traditionally it's between 20 and 30% of articles are read. Like once you get to that point, people get lazy and tired and move on. So buried in the article is the fact that, you know, recruitment's down, the size of the military is down, all of that. And the number that they base it off of is, is based on suicides per 100,000 active duty soldiers. And when you break it down to that, the number of suicides is actually up. So the problem is, is not only still there, it's actually worse, but they've found a nugget in a way just like polls and so much else in this country to manipulate and be like, see, we're going in the right direction. No, we're not. We're not at all. It's actually up, <clears throat> excuse me, which is, which is not surprising, but awful. Yeah, of course. And to me, that's another red flag to this coming out because they're trying to spin this. They're trying to spin this in a way where, you know, since Iraq, Afghanistan, especially Afghanistan, we, you know, in seeing the spikes in suicides with with former members of the military who have gone out and it in that issue coming to the forefront. Now that we're on the edge of World War Three, and we're also on the edge of another draft, and also the military isn't recruiting the um, uh, isn't the military isn't hitting their their recruitment that they have to yeah their their needs by by a pretty significant portion by, by huge yeah and so one of the things that you can't do is you have to spin this in a way where it's like you you got to make the military attractive it, and it just can't be hey join us you know go in and fight have nightmares for the rest of your life life we'll give you a bunch of pills and you know what fuck off in the end and you're going to kill yourself right you're not going to get people who are going to willingly go into a draft or willingly volunteer so they have to spin this and to me this is a huge red flag because the draft is going to happen because they're not hitting their marks with recruitment and once we get in down this road into world war three we're, they're going to be short by a lot of people, and you got to get them in, and they have to spin this in a way where it's like, hey, you'll be taken care of once you get out, and, and mental health will be nothing that's ever addressed. Yeah. never. It won't be. It never is now. It won't be down the road. And that's just the sad state of affairs that we live in. I hate it. Uh, I, I, I will tell you this about the draft as well. During World War II, everyone talks about that being the righteous war. 65% of the people who went into World War II volunteered. So guess what? That means another 35%, which is a big chunk, had to be drafted to be put into World War II. Yeah. Well, and I, rem I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but I, uh, several weeks ago we talked about the report that was done by the military war college um, or, or something along those lines that talked about what our casualties would be if we got into a war with China, if Taiwan and China kicked off and we got involved there, you could, it, the, the, the mirroring would be the same. If, if, if we got into a hot war with Russia, Ukraine and that conflict, Middle East war, and, and you look at, they talked about our, our preparedness, our our volume of personnel right now and what the casualties would be with new technology with new types of fighting all of that and it it basically get, got to the end was like we would get our asses kicked in terms of personnel you would have to have a draft and even with the draft you'd probably be in trouble but you it would be there like you would have to have that so it's 
it's a it's a concerning time. And when you see reports, like, this is just another reason. It's another reminder. When you see a report like that and you see something, what they want you to say is, oh, the headline said that suicides among veterans is down. Because yeah. that's what the headline said. Move along. Move along and count it as a win and be like, good job, government. No. Uh, do, 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 do you think you can trust this government? Do you think you can trust these people? Look into it further, and you quickly see sometimes, as I said, even within that same article that has that lying headline, that it's not actually true, and you've been bamboozled yet again, and things are, unfortunately, pretty damn depressing out there. So look look further. Don't just take it on. Don't take it for what it is. You, you, you got to do your own research. Our government does not take care of our warrior class. If anything, they've done the exact opposite. They've made a lot of them junkies. They've made them dependent on pills. They've given them the ability to not to work ever again at anything and totally sideline them. So, of course, that's all of that is going to add up into this grotesque brew of depression. Yeah. And, and, and suicide is the end result. And it's just, it just shows you, at least to me, it shows me how much the government doesn't take care of its own people, especially our warrior class. And if you want to go down even a further sinister trail, I can take you there. The government doesn't want a warrior class. They want to neuter the warrior class. Yeah. No, they do. It's, it's long been the case. It's happening fast and furious right now in so many different areas. Um, you know, the door kickers, the pipe hitters, whatever you want to call them, are being forced out. They don't need the, the warrior class, they, they, but they particularly don't want those meat eaters who are out there. They want a, a new America, a new country. They want a new government. They want a new military. They want everything different. It's terrifying. you got to fight and push back against it. Uh, but, folks, we're out of time. This has been such a fun night. We're so grateful for all of you. Again, please hit that like button on the way out uh, if you have not already, whichever platform you're on. Uh, to all the folks who are in the chat and have been going at it, Colty, uh, Ginger, Salty, Magellan, um, Jackie, who's been in there, so many others, thank you guys for chatting and having fun with us as usual. All the people who are just watching, thank you. Uh, there's a lot of you. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of you on all the different platforms, and we're so grateful for that. The folks who are listening, so grateful for you, too. We hope you have an outstanding night. We will be back tomorrow, Thursday, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We're Monday through Thursday, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts. We're a couple minutes before 9. Um, thanks for thanks for, for joining us again. Hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed. And uh, thank you, Rogue Grumbler, for, for hitting that like button. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.